In the White House, President Eisenhower signs the proclamation that makes Alaska's entry into the Union official, nearly 92 years after Lincoln's Secretary of State bought the territory from the Russian Tsar for $7 million. The Alaska Wild Project podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. Tailored Restoration 24-Hour Emergency Home Services, helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Looking to buy or sell a home? Look no further than Alaska's number one real estate team at alaskashometeam.com. Decades of local experience, knowledge, and expertise in the competitive real estate market. Alaska's home team makes buying or selling your home a breeze. Give them a call today at 907-277-3777. Lady with the Plan, your own Alaska event planner. From scouting the perfect location to planning the tiniest details, specializing in event management and production for intimate social gatherings, retreats, birthdays, bridal, and baby showers. Find Lady with the Plan on Instagram. The Bait Shack, located on Ship Creek upstream of the bridge. Can't miss the bright red shack. They're the go-to fishing gear rental and guide service on Ship Creek. Tight lines and fish on. Come hook into the action with them. Hit them up at thebaitshackak.com. Double Shovel Cider Company, located off of Arctic and 58th handcrafted Alaskan-made colonial ciders. They also have a tap room downtown on the corner of 5th and E. Stop by today and taste an award-winning cider. AKO Farms, located in Sitka, Alaska. Built from the ground up with concentrates as their single motivation. Find their products, such as their sugar wax, full-spectrum diamond sauce carts, and more at the Treehouse AK and other dispensaries around the state. Ask your local bud tender about AKO. TheTreeHouseAK.com, located at 341 Boniface Parkway, Alaska's own and grown cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bud tender what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under the influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For the use of only by adults 21 and older. Keep out of the reach of children and marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. Serrano's Mexican Grill, two locations, one on Tudor, one on Northern Lights. The Northern Lights location has their new tequila bar. Check it out. Also see their daily specials at serranosmexicangrill.com. Lawn Pro AK, Alaska's year-round professional property maintenance team. Services include snow and ice management, weekly lawn care, and more. Get your free estimate today at lawnproak.com. Bombastic. I was on it. Damn, that was way. way What's that first beer I've opened in months? Yeah, fuck <laughs> it. <laughs> it feels like it. it, does, it does. You take a break for a minute. Didn't you try to say that one time? I haven't had a beer in like three weeks, yeah, and it was like, like seven days. I listened to the podcast again not too long ago. <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, well, think, <laughs> I think it ended up being like earlier that week in the studio. That, yeah. I had my last, yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, it was like two weeks ago. It's like, you mean like two days ago? <laughs> I guess Felt like right. a long time. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting real thirsty. Full dry. Uh, welcome to Alaska Wall Project, episode 47. 
Um, man, we're flying through them. Yeah, it's almost going. a year's worth, man. Almost a year. It's going to be a year. I was looking at it. I want to say the first one came out March 7th was number one. And we it probably recorded like four weeks earlier than that. Before it came out. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't, wasn't the goal like right the first week of February. Yeah. Originally, yep. Mm-hmm. We had a couple practice, like a little couple practice deals. Mm-hmm. We have a story that will never be released probably. Yeah. yeah, the yeah. shit. You, you got to pay Patreon, <laughs> pay pay Patreon. Yeah, speaking oh, about oh, Patreon, man. man. Hey, we really appreciate um, the people that have been supporting us through the Patreon. Um, I know we got a lot of business sponsors and stuff like that, and and obviously thank you to those guys and a bunch of new people that are coming on, and uh, we'll get to that probably later. But um, the Patreon people that have just been consistently, you know, giving us, you know, five bucks, 20 bucks. I mean, there's a couple of people that are doing 50 bucks, which is crazy. Um, so that's just really, yeah. we really, really appreciate that. Um, and if you want to support even like a dollar, man, a dollar, a dollar a month and all that stuff, it's, it's really helpful for us to continue to do these uh, podcasts and, and pay the rent. And, you know, none of this stuff is free. Um, it takes a lot of, bit of our time away from our families and, and our full time you know, careers and stuff like that to get out here and do something that we love. Oh yeah. You know, so if there's someone out there that, you know, there's actually, there's a lot of listeners out there and if you just want to like donate a dollar or five bucks a month, you know, just go to the website or patreon.com slash Alaska wild project. And, um, we'll get the email saying you signed up and we, we, we got, um, a couple stories out there and we got a couple more. We have the, uh, we're going to put out the Sheep Companion. Um, I don't know if there are Joe Rogan fans out there. Um, yeah, explain that companion uh, model. Like what? I'm, I'm a podcaster, but I, don't have, I haven't been able to listen to podcasts at the level that you probably have or even Jack probably has mm-hmm. um, to be like a real fan of like multiple different um, platform or excuse I me, podcast that. models. But... Um, what does that mean? What is that? Yeah. Yeah. Jack, I love it. Yeah. So when we got the sheep email, it just reminded me of like, Hey, this would be a good, a good deal. But what Rogan does is he brings in for his companions are about mm. the MMA UFC companions. Okay. And you know, he's like a, an expert fighter, black belt dude. And he does a commentary on some of the UFC, uh, like the, yeah. ba- the yeah, big yeah, pay-per-view yeah. events, but he'll bring in like a fighter or a coach. And mm-hmm. so they'll have a regular conversation while the fights are on. I actually, I, they watch them later, don't they? No, they watch them live, and oh, it'll be I, at least four of them in there. Sometimes it's like four to six, a couple comedians and someone that really knows what they're yeah. talking about, and then and Rogan as well. And it's just basically they watch the whole the, the whole night, almost. and and they're just basically commentarying on what they see. It's mostly just like bullshitting and mm-hmm. you know comedy and them drinking beers and smoking cigars and smoking whatever. And Sounds fun. And they just pretty much just have a time where it's a little bit more relaxed. They you got know. they got an old man, <laughs> but they're they also like kind of nerd out on the fight. They they're yes. all yeah. passionate about so the sport or the topic, and, and so there's a lot of cool conversation mm-hmm. about it, okay. which makes it pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's what was kind of the goal of the sheep one, right? It's like we're all interested yeah, in very, like very sheep in Alaska. Similar. You know, the conservation of our animals here, and here's like the ADFT, like trying to be super transparent so let's have a conversation yeah. around it. that was actually pretty impressive um realistically i had like low expectations for that um because i don't really know what to believe or think of of 
the State of the Union when it comes to that um, subject and, and the, the department's management of sheep. However, after uh, attending that and listening to that and doing the companion recording, which was really fun because it wasn't like I was just sitting in my car at home by myself, mm-hmm. like in my own thoughts, like we were able to share, you know, what we felt about a certain thing or, or at the end even just with the notes and stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was like a totally different experience. And Yeah, yeah it was something different. And, and, yeah, and, was, and we'll put it out on the Patreon for those that are um, – uh, patreon members or not and then of course when you become a patreon you mm-hmm. can get access to all the other ones that have already been yeah. put out um i thought it was really insightful informative um, informative adf and g i mean big props to them for coming mm. and, and bringing out um the biologists and who were and, a lot of them very uncomfortable yeah in front of you know yeah. however many people that showed yeah, there up. was like 386 people logged in or something mm-hmm yeah. yeah. Does that sound right? Yep. That I was think it. there were more as it progressed. Oh, okay. Too. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe that was when I had logged in. No, I think it maxed out like 380. Okay. Oh, it did. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, but they they uh, they did a really good job, pretty much bringing in people from different angles, um, bringing in the people that actually go down, the biologists actually go and and um, net net the sheep and and do the tests and collar yeah, them, explain and, the process, and explain the entire process, mm-hmm. and they even brought the guy with the history. Which I thought was really, yeah. really cool. Old Joe, right? Yeah. Yeah, old yeah. Joe. Uh, I forgot the last name. Yeah. I'm just going to kind of look that I up. I was now. a zombie during it, dude. Yeah, you oh, were. Oh, yeah, I yeah, was you just were. like in a, a mushroom brain. Yeah. Dude, like just COVID and COVID fucked me up. Yeah. yeah. I, it was, um, Jack, doing the um, recording with you, you wouldn't have thought that. You just thought that you were focused on it and you were made the comments you made and everything you, you kind of like touched on were all really relevant to that p- specific topic. And yeah, like yeah, you yeah. had some really good commentary, simple, brief, not a lot, but yeah. it was like, usually I'm you know, like nerdy science analytics stuff. Like that my brain's like firing and it was like, uh, and then yeah. I'd like come up with something that I like, Oh, it's like, Oh, this is really interesting. And then it was like, I don't know if I could turn that into words. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be quiet and, and sit here and take a deep breath. Well, and I was like curious too. like, I was excited about listening to that with you because you're like one of the people I know that grew up as a ch- from childhood yeah. with the opportunity to sheep hunt yeah. on a regular basis. And I don't know that there's that many dudes that can say they've done that. And you, when, when you've had an opportunity to say hunt sheep for 20 years, 30 yeah. years, you can kind of relate to some of that and, and, and say, Oh, I saw signs of this or signs of that. And in terms of, you know, die offs and and things like that like right. if you've only gone six or seven times you only have so much data in your yeah, brain yeah. to like understand what the hell they were even talking about in that yeah, uh, yeah it's like all the people playing stocks since the last drop you know they're like oh dude it's all pretty and you're like well if you had buddy in the stock market before in yeah. 2008 like you're you know <laughs> sure oh my god <laughs> we don't we're not all stock experts i was really kind of surprised by how the sheep hunting had actually I thought it was like at an all time high peak now. Oh yeah, I thought. So and it too. was back in uh, two thousand. Oh hell, I forgot. I probably I, I can go like back and look at my notes. Right? No, it was even earlier. Than oh that. really? Yeah, it was like two thousand. 
Like 98. Oh, the highest. Like 98, 99, 2000. Like, oh, oh no, yeah. no shit. Like, I, oh, wow, okay. I was wondering about that actually during the podcast. In that time is about the time that all that stuff in the like uh, eastern, northeastern Chugach became permit. Mm. Right? Yep, like all right. that stuff passed Palmer. That wasn't permit for a long time. Great point. Um, and then even back towards Kinnick, I, I don't remember like when those you know metal creek and those ones became permit but it was later mm -hmm. so you would have had more sheep hunters then i don't know mm -hmm. if chugach would pull enough yeah. enough more people you know enough people to like really bring up that number or what else changed but yeah it's surprising especially with like all the current like notoriety and popularity of sheep hunting for sure that it's not at all time highs yeah. well I, I wonder about you know as you said that i was like is it just popular because i'm super into it now or has it yeah. just been popular mm -hmm. and i'm just now getting into it you know what i'm saying yeah. like, i think it's popular because now i'm looking at everything that has to do with it i thought i think that i feel like it's more popular because like when i left here to go to college in washington and people were like, oh, what do you like doing? And I was like, sheep hunting? They were like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> like, you're you a weirdo. Yeah. And I don't even know what that is. And then, or, you know, that kind of behavior. And then since in the last few years, like, I've gotten all kinds of, met all kinds of people that were like, oh, you sh you're from Alaska. Do you sheep hunt? You know? Mm -hmm. And so just that, like, it seems like that there's been more interest from the outside of Alaska. I bet social media has had a lot to do with yeah, with the interest, the peak interest, and also these companies now that are promoting, obviously, their brands and their clothes that are meant for, you know, sheep hunting. Yeah. And so they're basically putting their dollars into um, certain magazines where you probably never would have saw a sheep hunting ad, yeah. which is really an ad for their jacket or whatever it is right. that's in some big magazine yeah that you've never you know what i'm saying that you wouldn't totally normally there wouldn't be in there yeah so I, that could be a part of it too and i'm curious how that how it's gonna go from now like well, if it's, it's gonna go up or is it how's the trend gonna go it seems like the good part about the balance in that is that you know the state the state's rules like having to you know be first akin or or uh resident to be able to go without a guide and you, you listening um, to Mission Alaska, you know, like uh, yeah, it seems like it's mm -hmm. going to be pretty hard to be a guide. So it, yeah. is there going to be Doesn't that many like more really guide opportunity? Do. So is like the guide, you know, it, 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 if the demand goes up, is the supply of guides going to rise? It it doesn't really seem like it is going to, uh, based mm -hmm. on what you know yeah. Austin was saying. So. Hopefully that like helps keep it in check in terms of like animal management perspective. Yeah, yeah. and on that too, um, I left that conversation so feeling so much better about the state of sheep and and their trends and their die offs and yeah, their yeah, rises yeah. and the their and their comeback and and the future of it's kind of like I think we're just magnifying something that was already happening over a hundred year span. Alaska is really hard on them things. And so and we have super crazy variations in winter and they obviously everything's warming and there's that stuff that's going on. We won't go into detail of that, but it made me feel like, oh, well, sheep are okay. And it's going to be okay. And I think it's something that we all should like 
really, really focus on making sure that we're not over harvesting. We're taking old rams that, you know, we have to hope. And I know it's probably a 50-50 split where there's guides that are not letting clients take rams that are legal, but they are, but, but they want them to grow and they want the client to come back the next year when he's bigger. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you hope that there's that happening. Um, but, um, not to rattle too, on too much about that. Just at the end of that, I was like, Oh, you know what? Everything's going to be fine. And we are going to have sheep to hunt for the next 20 years and my kids can do it. And I felt like, um, they kind of put that little bit of a, um, I don't know. They kind of like put the fire out for me. Yeah. I was kind of like, Ooh, you know, yeah. I'm kind of worried about this. I think the data, um, definitely it was nice for them to bring some data together Mm. over such a long period of time that had like key events in it, like bad snow years, a lot of ice and you know, that kind of stuff, um, to help understand, you know, like the ebb and flow and the, the, Mm. how long these cycles are for the sheep. But like coming away from the day, I I definitely feel like I felt like there's hope, you know, like Mm. we're on a positive, like, Mm. you know, this is natural, but it was all time low numbers Mm. and that didn't feel good. And when you looked at how the other dips were, they were nearly not nearly this low. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, okay, well, what's different there that's meaningful? And the you know, there's the hunting aspect, but there was the the whole aspect aspect in the pictures of like the less uh, mountain vegetation, mm-hmm. and that like kind of signal is like, hey, you know, maybe that is going to be a problem in the future, and that we, you know, there's a positive future for sheep, but just maybe like a slow decline over time in terms of the vegetation so in the, the total populace and then how's that changed the the area they're in now mm-hmm. and also though does that open up some other areas that they don't mm. thrive in mm. we they didn't get into they that adapt and well maybe there's some other other areas that they need vegetation higher up or you know maybe it allows like the brooks range to get more vegetation um, but not the trees, you know, but just more vegetation in general. And then that can like handle more animals. I'm, I'm not sure what that upswing would be in the other areas. They didn't dive into that, but you know, that, that would be really interesting to see. Well, I would think that that more vegetation would benefit some type of animal. You think, you know, mm-hmm. maybe yeah. not as good at, for the sheep, but it, it could be better for, moose you know, or, the moose or mm-hmm. whatever. And I, and I read something the other day. Um, actually I think it was today. I don't even know where I read it. Um, something about how like the beaver now are like moving further and further north to the Arctic. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and, and I think it was something to do with, um, like permafrost and all that stuff. And, and it, it was just describing how like the beaver are moving further and further north because of, you know, temperatures getting hotter and all that stuff. Um, it was just interesting to just see how things ebb and flow and, and, and I just, uh, have you guys read, uh, I just got done reading the Daniel Boone book by mm-hmm. Robert Morgan. It's uh-huh. called Boone. Have you read that? No, I haven't. Dude, amazing. Super good. Oh, man, it's so good. It's so good. And just, like, crazy to think about the market hunting. Oh, and, yeah. And, what, and, you know, how you could, how people just lived off, you know, selling the meat and selling the, you know, the furs and everything that you could sell from the animals. And, and his whole life, it's just an amazing, you know, story of, you know, america and is it like a biography book yeah pretty much yeah yeah it's just titled boone by by robert morgan um 
it's it's excellent it's it's really excellent it's just pretty much a history of him some of it you know told by is that my phone sorry um you know told by like his sons and and just all the things that he was into and how he was just such a bad like business person and his like model was just oh, like no. to avoid debt and just like move <laughs> further just run away from it and and how he really like in the end of his life he realized that he actually was a part of ruining what he loved the most oh. was like the wilderness because everywhere he would go, he would bring family members and then people would follow them. And the next thing you know, that turns into like a, a, a town and then that all gets hunted out. So then he needs to move further. And then he goes to this river and finally ends up like in Missouri. And it's just like in the battles with the, um, with the American Indians and the American natives and, and just talking with them and how like people felt that he was like a traitor to the Americans because he was, you know, he could speak the language of the, of a lot of the Indian tribes uh -huh. and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and how he was kidnapped by them and lived by them. And there's a lot of stories how people would, a lot of uh, people would get captured and they would end up just not wanting to go back. Oh. They just fell in love with the culture yeah, yeah. that they would just stay. And yeah. like people would try to come and rescue them and they would be like, no, nah. <laughs> nah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they would just stay there, around, you know, yeah. or they would go back and they would feel like he was a traitor. Like, yeah. Oh, you're just like spying for them now, uh, you know, and then how they would build these forts and, and just, just that whole entire history of, of farming and, and the way they gave out land, you know, mm -hmm. the, the amount of land that was just given out and, and misappropriated and missurveyed mm -hmm. and so many land disputes. And it's, it's a really, I mean, it, it, I think every American, if you're, especially if you're into hunting or any kind of history, it's a really, really good book. It's an easy read. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like, you know, it's real story kind of based. Yeah, you can entrench in it. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. DB Crockett and Daniel Boone were like my idols as a kid. So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get into that, that next. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I normally do like a deep like history book like that, and then I gotta like jump into something else. something something else that's yeah. not as like deep, and then um, and so then I'll 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 go back and I got a Lewis and Clark one that I want to oh, come yeah, into because you know? they just started yeah. touching on him on them because basically. He, uh, Daniel Boone, like by the end of his life, when he was 80 or whatever, he had got to like Missouri. Oh, he got and then old, as, huh? as he was, then he would see these, the new crop, like Lewis and Clark and mm -hmm. all these other new people that were like going past him and going yeah. towards like the Colorados. And it was his like dream to finally go to the Pacific. And yeah. the furthest he got was like Yellowstone oh, okay. and stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah. they would travel up these rivers, obviously, and yeah. all the dangers and animals and yeah, the yeah. amount of like bears and the amount of just animals that they hunted was just insane numbers like yeah insane amount of numbers oh, yeah yellowstone was probably chocked full like nobody's business back yeah. then yeah and there's the way they described it you know because they didn't know what it was you know and why they call it yellowstone for you know the reasons yeah and, yeah and all that stuff he lived well. to be old dude 34 to 9 to uh 1734 to 1820 yeah i want to say he was like 86 uh, wasn't the life, life expectancy only like fucking 27 or some crazy number back then that's probably over exaggerating yeah, but yeah. you know what it i was mean? way if lower lived, than if you, 80 if you lived to 50 it was probably like a really good run and this yeah and he was still 80? like hunting back then and until his eyes weren't good enough and that was the thing like you didn't think about like now you could only hunt until your eyes are bad you know yeah. like everyone eventually your eyes go bad when you get older yeah but nowadays there's mm -hmm. contacts and glasses and surgery and all that but yeah, there wasn't yeah. any of that right. yeah that was back then so he would have yeah. people go with him that could see that could see 
Oh. And, you know, he would read the tracks and he could do everything up close, but he would need someone to, like, help oh, yeah. him out on the way there. Yeah, they're like, oh, there's the bear. He's like, where? <laughs> <laughs> it's coming right at us. <laughs> that yeah. sounds pretty cool. Well, that is a, yeah, that, I'm definitely going to read that, man. That's a good one. Thanks and, for sharing. And I, I lied. I said I normally go into, like, something more light. I didn't find something light, but now I'm reading the history of whaling oh. in America. Oh, wow. It's titled Levithian. L-E-V-I-A-T-H-A-N. Levithian? I don't know what that's what it is. The history of whaling, dude. It's like so far, I'm only like, I'm only like maybe like 10 chapters in. Is it all in the Atlantic right now? Well, it starts off um, way further than that. It starts off like in like the 1500s. Like talking about how like the French were hunting and how like the... um, the Dutch took over and how the English wanted to come in and then how, um, when America became and then all the, um, the Quakers and all that yeah, and, yeah. and how it started with just like beach hunting, like whales would come up all the time and the amount of numbers of beached whales is just crazy. And then how they would, you know, take, do all the things that they would do with the whale to, to, to in their everyday life, you right. know what I'm saying? Harvest From, the oil. The oil, and, yeah. the oil used to be what, you know, the oil was a really was the big light thing. in New York City and mm-hmm. Chicago, and they mm-hmm. had light lights and, on the street and, and was, England and all oil. that yeah. stuff. And that's what really made, um, you know, really made a lot of money. And even like the baleen and all that stuff, like corsets and all that mm-hmm. stuff, was like made out of that. Oh, okay. Um, so they just like were so innovative on using all that stuff and like the teeth. Like once they started getting on um, the sperm whales, they yeah. actually had like teeth. Yeah, it was crazy. And just the stories of how. They would be attacked. Like a lot of the whales, depending on the species, were like submissive or they run and hide as some like the sperm whale would actually like turn and like yeah. attack them. Yeah, well, the Moby Dick is a real story, right? Yes. So. Yeah, you guys ever seen um, <clears throat> In the Heart of the Sea? Oh, man. That's a good one. Oh, I didn't realize it was like as graphic yes. as it was. Like I, I, I know it's kind of like knew the Moby Dick mm-hmm. story, but it really wasn't actually about Moby Dick. As much as he was responsible for making, you know, the 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 sailors getting stranded for umpteen weeks or months or whatever mm-hmm. they were eating each other and crazy shit, um, but it was more or less about like the human will to survive and what they had to do, what kind of like ungodly things they had to do to accept and survive and then live with afterwards, mm. like you know. Your buddy dies next to you, yeah. and you carve him up and eat him. Uh, yeah. Did you and, watch that movie? No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You should watch it, dude. No. Is it's, it like a remake of Moby Dick? What is it? It's based on Moby Dick, but it like its own little spin. But it, it shows a lot of like real life things that happened. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Back then, and and continue on the whaling talk. Like they had to compete with um, pirate, like pirate, oh. which was really huge. Like I, I mentioned before in another podcast that, there that blood, blood battles, man, that book there. that I read, which is really, really good too. It's uh black flags, blue waters. Uh-huh. And it's basically the history of pirates, pirating American piracy. Um, but a lot of these books, they'll, they'll start off like in the beginning, like, you know, when the first pirate was around in 1496 yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever, whatever. Yeah. And then it'll lead all the way up until, mm-hmm. you know, America became colonized and all that. Um, I, I love getting into that stuff, yeah, man. Yeah. I just get deep into that. I just, That's awesome. I just like put myself in there like, oh man, like we would have been whalers. Yeah. Like that was like, they would say like 90% to 95% of all the men in on like in Massachusetts were all whalers like they would uh-huh. be gone for the entire season yeah. and, and that's what that's what caused women to be able to 
um, create their own businesses and creating their own civilization and, uh-huh. and take care of the crops and all the things and just empowered them because the men are gone the whole time and someone has to take care of yeah, the house yeah, and the yeah. kids and all the stuff. And yeah. they, they weren't just sitting around. Right. Oh, you yeah, know what I'm saying? They sure. were getting after it. Yeah. yeah. It was like the early 1800s, right? I think when it, Nantucket. Yeah, Nantucket was mm-hmm. a was a was a good one. Yeah, and I, it's been a couple of years since I seen it, but it is a pretty amazing film, and a story. The story got me more than the, the actual film. I mean, the whale being all badass and like all like you know, it was basically like hunting them and mm-hmm. like following them for like miles on miles. Like it was like unheard of that the sperm whale would like separate from its group and like mm-hmm. follow them. Yeah, yeah, just all by itself rogue right. bull just to try to yeah bury them and out of like revenge right for yeah. killing the other whales you know it was wow. like almost kind of like would be the storyline like yeah. the whale was retaliating and it was like i read into it and it was like you know whales were known to retaliate almost just kind of out of fear and just uh-huh. yeah not like you know um you know premeditating an attack is what yeah. they would would kind of indicate in the movie right like where the whale actually like would follow them batter the boat mm-hmm. they'd fall to shit then they'd be in lifeboats and now they're he's battering those and now yeah, they're yeah. like floating around on wood chunks and then he's still battering them you know what i mean yeah, like yeah it's like i wonder if that really happened that would oh be, it did yeah. it did like, i mean i think it did it, when like it, the percentage of people like men that died i, I want to say it was like 30 something uh-huh. percent of people that died going out to the sea from either a wreck or stranded or or piracy Uh starvation Um, or yeah just like yeah and then you got to think about like when i was reading the pirate book like you get boarded by this let's say you're just on a ship that's like bringing goods from wherever from england or from france to america or even you know slave ships that would come and these pirates would come and and you either become a pirate and go with them or you die it's like okay oh they don't just let you go no no no. if you give them your stuff they would let some go okay they would let some go but the majority of them it was like you either are a pirate now or you're dead oh because we're taking your ship and you're gonna get thrown into the water yeah it's a blank yeah and then now you're a pirate and you're on the like you know you're the neophyte you know bottom of the rung yeah and then you have those guys that got converted to piracy and they end up falling in love with it and they become their own pirates and then they get their own ship because the way it would work is that is they would you know conquer a, another a merchant ship or something like that and then the captain of the ship would decide oh i like my boat but like whatever boat they're always going after a bigger better boat yeah, yeah. and so he'd be like all right i'm gonna go on this and then my second hand man like you're now a captain on that boat yeah, and yeah we're gonna split these guys are coming with me and you guys are coming with me and so now oh. there's two of them two yep, boats and they're going armada, armada, three just, boats. yeah exactly and they stay together and they would stay together, and eventually they probably would break up if there was some yeah, kind yeah. of quarrel or something like that, or it gets too big, yeah, yeah. too big of a fleet, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did they, I wonder if it Pretty was wild. it really like how they did it, um, like the fierce pirate Roberts and uh, the Princess Bride, where they're like, oh, well, I was the you know fierce pirate Roberts, but then I wanted to retire, so now my first mate became him. And did they do that? So yes. they like kept a name going on the boat? Yeah. Yep, yeah, they would, and then they would take the boat and rename the boat, and and a lot of times that like it um it would helped out a lot of the colonies because they would have this money and they'd they'd be influx of money when the pirates would come to town. Oh, okay. you know what I'm saying? And sometimes yeah. they would retire. And then they ended up, you know, buying land and all that stuff with all this piracy money, and they're like one of the only like rich people you know but everyone's a pirate so no one tells on them because at some point you know you would get um some sort of reward for turning in you know 
pirates and all that, but then like the governors and the mayors of these towns would be like, Well, this guy's like giving us a lot of money, you know. Yeah, We're yeah, not gonna yeah. turn him in. Right, right. Yeah, it's just it's really, really good. I it's don't know. I think I would have been a pirate. Interesting topic. Yeah. yeah I Sounds was, like you want to be a pirate. I do. I'm gonna be a pirate on the key. Yeah, I was kinda wanted to like I, a pirate. I thought I'd all the good fishing holes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> I thought it would have been cool li- to live in like the 1860s to the 1900s kind of thought that would have been like the move to like go west and build a house and live in the country and just like start it all fresh back in the day yeah man it was rough living you know live yeah. like a cowboy yeah it was yeah. it was and i think it would have been cool to have evolved and made a life and would have been hard right no yeah. hard but i would have loved it man yeah all day long no law horses cowboy boots yeah would have been sweet yeah, dude. You'd be well, down in Tombstone. Exactly. Something like that. Yeah, well, with, along with no law comes, you know, the lawless groups. Oh, yeah. well, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah you know no, I mean, there'd be a lot of risk. Seems like there'd be, like, a lot of fear. Oh, 100%. Yeah, you'd be kind of living in fear all the time. Yeah. Then if you got a family and you're trying to protect them, oh, yeah. that'd be even worse. Yeah, definitely not going to have a family then. Yeah, you I mean, you're not just leaving the leaving the wife and kids at the house for yeah, yeah. a month while you go run out and go mess around. You're got to stay home and protect them right yeah would have been but cool. they would they go on those long hunts where they're gone for months at a time uh-huh. um to you know get pelts and and meat and all that stuff and they would just leave yeah the family with like eight and they were having tons of kids oh, like mm-hmm. six to like 12 kids Man, per. You, you just sparked something in my mind so um jack did you have a chance to listen to um blood origins that that uh pot do you want do you follow blood origin origins no, no, no. No, um, Australian guy, right? I Does think he's South African. South African. Um, that sound, made me sound like an Maybe ass. New Zealand. Yeah, I, I feel like he's got like, Okay, so Blood Origins is a, is a hunting podcast. Oh, it you is. Know? And um, I, uh, Wes shared a podcast uh, with us um, on, he had, his guest was the president and CEO of the Wild Sheep Foundation. Oh, okay. Um, what's his name, Daniel? Um, I'd have to look it up. Um, I did share it on our story the other day and I'll I'll forward you that that Mm -hmm. one it's a really good one because it it really touches on um, the wild sheep foundation and where this money's coming from from these guys that bid $480,000 for a you know a Wyoming or a Montana bighorn yeah and like just this guy basically asked the the wild sheep foundation ceo guy like all the hard questions the things that we were talking about after we went to the sheep so like where does the money go how do you get this how is it allocated like who's receiving this funds and what percentage is actually going back to you guys um it's a really really insightful it it, i would say it actually really turned around gary thornton gary thornton are you sure yeah okay i thought it was something else but Um, i'll have to look it up but it, it really changed well what what um my original um point was sparked my my thought was we're talking about um you know harvesting those animals back uh-huh. in the day right boone hunting you know endless animals and stuff well i didn't realize that back then there was like one up to two million bighorn sheep oh yeah all through, over the through, plains through the well through the whole uh 
North America mm-hmm. from, you know, British Columbia <laughs> through the, the Midwest down to Mexico. Right. And, and they weren't in the belt. mountains then. No, not necessarily. Yeah. They and, were like free range planes. Type right. Animals. This yeah. is all before we introduced and, you know, brought disease and, and, and yeah. kind of fucked it all up. Not knowing, yeah, not, yeah. not deliberately, just, just ignorant, um, not knowing. And anyway, I thought it was really interesting because one of the largest harvest animal opportunities and most sought after harvested wild game meat was bighorn sheep. Oh, okay. And I'm, when when he said that, I was like, "Wow, I had no fucking clue." Huh. And 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 old Don Don Magic Juan uh-huh. Donatello. Yeah, yeah. He grew up in Montana, in this mining town, and uh, he said when he was real real little man, he'd go into the mountains with his dad, and you just see hundreds of them. Uh huh. Big horns, full curls, giant rams. Like herds. 30 of them on a hill. Uh-huh. Droves cru- cruising. Like, I mean, he said it was like, he said it felt like then it might feel over It was like a herd of caribou. Uh-huh. There was that many sheep. And and you go there today and that, that doesn't exist. Right. You know, I think there's like 200,000 or 250,000 sheep or whatever it was that are left. We, we don't have our facts right on yeah, the numbers. I, but. Yeah, I'd have to go back and look. Yeah, I don't want to start throwing that around. It's like a total ass. But it's just nowhere near the one or two million number. Oh, yeah. And the fact that they were like, you know, you harvested bison and bighorn sheep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, mule deer and whitetail and all that stuff, but sheep were so abundant. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was mm-hmm. wild. That was really wild to me. I was like, wow, that there was that many... And now there's a tag that goes for four hundred and eighty thousand dollars in Montana. Oh, is that that was for Montana Bighorn? That was uh, one of the 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 top selling tags. I think from two thousand, just this last year, it went for like four hundred and something. But like the all time okay. high in two thousand, again, screw. I'll start screwing up facts. But it was like four hundred eighty thousand uh-huh. was one of those tags went for, and and then. It was great because they kind of went into depth, like where the money goes. You know, Wild Sheep Foundation takes ten percent off the top, uh-huh. to not off all costs. of them, not off all of them, just in general, though. Uh-huh. For those big tags, mm-hmm. most of the time, and and they're and the the tags that they they have at the at their shows and stuff, but um, and then it goes to conservation to that state's game and, game. game and fish. Oh, it does. Okay, yeah. so basically that entire that video, of the Sheep Companion, like yeah, all yeah. that money. I think he said on the podcast, 70% of the money that um, fish and game departments use for biology and all that stuff, uh-huh. I want to say that 70% of that comes from like tags and all that stuff, uh-huh. and 40% of that 70% is directly from them because of the amount those of tags. money that they can sell those tags for to you know rich guys. Mm-hmm. like And all that money goes back to them. And he, he was saying state by state, like, I want to say Alaska, like 10% goes back to them. Some states, 0% goes back to mm-hmm. them. And then there was Depending a lot of on like uh, yep. on uh, American uh, American native lands and tribes and, and mm-hmm. things like that where they don't get any of the money. Uh-huh. They just basically sell the tag for them so that they can give them all the money 100%. back. 100%. Okay. So if and people want to check that out, it's called Blood Origins is the, is the podcast, and it's called Sheep Hunters Are Just Rich Guys. Oh, it's really cool. really good. It's a short. It's only like an hour, uh-huh. um, but it covers. Minutes. Yeah, it's short. yeah, it covers a lot. Can you of, send it to me. Yeah, I'll send it to you right now. Actually, um, really really cool. It, it actually just changed my mind because I know that we've mm-hmm. gone to these sheep events. And you're like, man, what's all this money going to? Like, this is insane. Like, yeah, these dudes yeah. are like been all this money, and the basic idea that I felt that I got was like, 
we should be actually thankful that this guy is willing to spend, you know, $400,000 on something that he loves so that we can do things for cheap. Whereas he could have spent that money on a yacht. Yeah. And nobody would have benefited from him. Mm-hmm. Other, But now him being able, wanting to spend that money on that, that gives everyone else an opportunity for them. And they were also saying that like for every big um, tag they do, they'll have like a raffle for all the regular people. So like those governor tag raffles mm-hmm. that come out, like that's for the regular guy that could buy in for five bucks right. or whatever. Or and get 500 a, or whatever. And get a yeah. chance for the same exact tag okay. that, you know, this guy bid for yeah, yeah you know paid on the auction and all that stuff yeah what was that caribou it was like ninety six thousand. yeah um, dude that was no, no, it was it was like 80 80 thousand yeah. i put in for that tag every year oh you do yeah and and eric's dad bruce drew it like five years ago and we were like oh he got the caribou tag awesome sell it we should like go we should like try sell to go it. in there we should we should try to go get that caribou and it's like never transpired we oh just, you didn't go well no we were in the area but we were just in moose country and but we and we had to completely alter our hunt for like five days to get into the caribou country and you didn't do we it. just were like we were we were Originally went into the hunt thinking, okay, we're going to do like 12 days, seven days here and five days there. And we ended up just getting a bunch of moose. And I was like, well, yeah, now we got to deal with moose meat. So we just bagged it and we we're just kind of like, oh, next year. Right. And yeah, then I was yeah. going to the foundation bank last year and seeing it go for that much. I'm like, wow, I didn't realize it was that coveted. It was that coveted. I mean, it's, I guess it's a big trophy area. So I guess it's because that old boy that bought it, it was like the last caribou he needed for like his north America. his slam yeah and uh you like those hazies they're 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 pretty smooth right i mean they're not bad the, um i'm the, good for now yeah thank you ipas are you know they're a little more balanced yeah you know the that one in particular i thought was that's a little different yeah yeah some yeah. of them have like a nice citrusy flavor it depends what kind of hops they that use. one's dark too you pour it in a glass it's actually like oh really yeah it's kind of dark it's kind of weird they have uh no, they didn't write what kind of hops they used. But, yeah, you know, you mentioned it before, Daniel. It was cool because it kind of, like, changed or kind of reformed my thought process on, you know, I think last year between going there and beers and, and the, the sheep package thing I bought and ended up winning a rifle out of the deal, which was cool, I think I was in that 500 bucks that night. Yeah, so all that money. Is and, and you know, towards. Big Kyle was probably a cool fifteen hundred. What? Mean, <laughs> like, he bought the big package thing, and then oh, like, he did. Yeah, did yeah. he win anything cool? No, no he, he didn't nothing. win anything. Oh man, <laughs> I know. if anyone deserves to win, Big Kyle. I mean, he was just like he was just trying to go for anything that was you know ended with caliber. So that's what he was going for. He's, He's like, I'm uh, getting into hunting. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to win a gun. I'm going to win a gun. Speaking about Big Kyle, man, I actually ordered, <laughs> and also shout out to um, Dustin's buddy, Chris, um, dang, uh, Crispy, uh, that's his, Adrian. Um, mm-hmm. We ordered a 3X and a 4X hoodie oh, for, you the, for the big boys because the they've, the com- they've been complaining like man you big boy you guys fat man. shaming you never fat have any stuff for the big boys <laughs> <laughs> so when we were doing the order i was like you know we got to get at least one 4x and one 3x <laughs> so i can shut these guys up man <laughs> they just been, all the time because they'll see me with like something new or they, something and you like, know what they don't even gotta buy it they can just have it. Like, yeah, I'm just is, like, here you go. This is for the for the for the hosses, man. Here you go. <laughs> he was like, man, I'm just gonna go buy my own, and then I'll give it to you, and then you guys can just. 
put the logo on. Uh, I was like, man, I was like, I got you, man. Next order, I'm gonna, I'll figure something out for you. <laughs> they were all making the shirt like, damn, fucking tarp. That's <laughs> huge. <laughs> It's an extra six dollars <laughs> to what get it printed. <laughs> so, what do you guys think about these cookies? Oh, I didn't. Uh, that what was okay. So that orange one was yeah, really what good. Was yeah. that so? My, the orange one was a turmeric. Oh, so it was turmeric with coconut and white chocolate. Okay, and That's I thought white, though, I would okay. never have thought about that concoction in a cookie, but it was good. And what did I say? Like pumpkin? I thought pumpkin. I, I had like uh, ginger in there. There might have been a little bit of pumpkin and ginger in it too, but those weren't the main. And this one is. This is like a salted caramel or something. Well, so it's yeah. you're getting close. Hey, what's the orange? Is that like I want to say it's carrot cake almost. This one? Yeah, it's like carrot. Did you eat it? Yeah. I, What'd you think? It's gone. The <laughs> There's not even a crumb over here. <laughs> I don't know. Dude, so this is a local girl named her company's Concoctions Bread. She did a pop-up at Double Show. Concoctions she, Bread? Yeah. So shout nice. out to her. You can follow her on Instagram. And she does like bomb like cakes and stuff. But it's all really creative and custom. And I, she doesn't have like a bri uh, brick and mortar place. So all right. Know. Let me guess though. Hold on. There's some kind of like craisin I want to say in there. There's definitely salt. I, I'm all carrot. You're crazy. <laughs> they are very mysterious cookies to try and figure out what is going on in there, but they are a party in your mouth. There's just a, it's like a, it's almost like a disco or no, like a um, fucking rave. Once you know <laughs> what this is, you're like, oh yeah, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. But man, it's on the tip of my nose. There's two things in this one. I can, uh. is juicy I know that that's a unique mic? flavor and I can. Uh, as soon as you say it, I'm like, yep. Hold on They're both unique flavors. And ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they oh are what good. is it? I don't know what's going on there, but they're delicious. All right, let's let us know. You want to know? Yeah. Yeah. So the well, the first part is the butterscotch that you're tasting. Oh, yep. But that's the easy one. The salt is from the bacon. And those oh, chunks are bacon. Oh, I felt that there was like a texture in there that was mm. like meaty. Mm -hmm. Bacon and butterscotch, you said? Mm -hmm. Bacon, butterscotch? I don't even like butterscotch. Okay, so that's uh, what I, this I, is. And, and these are also gluten-free cookies. Really? Oh, they, don't, mm -hmm. they don't taste it, yeah. Man, they're good. They're oh, hearty, man. too. Yeah. No, she, she's legit. Mm. That was really good. Yeah. So concoctions bread. Check them out. Bring your uh, lady or dude some delicious cookies or a cake. Well, I think Cakes all too? everything she has is gluten free. That's good. Badass, dude. I'll have to get some for uh, old Natalie. She's a gluten free. There you go. They actually um, bought that house over there in the neighborhood. Oh, really? Yeah. They've been renting it and kind of like poking at the um, the owners to sell it mm -hmm. and they got a pretty good deal sweet compared to what's been the prices have been going around over there. in the park there mm -hmm. really? over by my house sweet let's yeah. take a quick second here while while we're munching just um, grinding on yeah to cookies. give a shout out to um some of the sponsors especially these guys are just so busy i talked to uh one of the uh my students um his dad's works for one of the competition for 
um, Taylor Restoration. He's in another restoration uh, company. It's like, dude, we had to turn away so many jobs. And we were like the last company that they called because everyone's so busy, especially out in the valley from the windstorm um, and all that stuff. But regardless, if you have an issue, I would definitely call Taylor Restoration. 24-hour emergency services helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold damage, wind damage, post-emergency cleaning, remodeling, and the aftermath, including burst pipes, overflowing toilets, downed trees, fires, pet accidents, and vandalism. Tailored has an emergency response number with trained professionals available to help you anytime, day or night. Give them a call in Anchorage at 344-1239, Eagle River, Matsu, or hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Serrano's Mexican Grill. This is my personal go-to for authentic Mexican food. You guys all know that we uh, order the Serrano's burrito on canning day often, and hopefully they'll be able to start delivering again soon. They usually do, but uh, everything, you know, is tough on the labor force right now, and uh, their food truck's coming back soon. But it's Anchorage's <coughs> own generation of casino. Recipes are inspired by their rich heritage and family know-how. All ingredients are made in-house. Both locations, Northern Lights and Tudor, have a tequila bar. I recommend the Mescalita. Follow their food truck location when they're back on Instagram and check out their daily specials at serranosmexicangrill.com. See if I can uh, execute this with precision. The, the long version? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, my ad read read-off is... Um, flip-flopped i think i need to get the intro off and just have our just that one yeah the platinum and uh to any future sponsors out there this platinum uh spot is the premium listen it's the platinum it's the platinum (laughs) exactly (laughs) this is the one you want out there all right folks the treehouse ak your one-stop dispensary located at 341 boniface parkway be sure to ask the bud tender about their deal of the day because honestly there's always something good on deck and guys listen this is where the culture lives at the treehouse their dedication to servicing consumers has been developed through a lifetime of involvement in the cannabis culture They're committed to providing the highest quality products at whatever value your budget affords while always maintaining the deep-rooted principles that have carried them this far. Their focus is on relationships over transactions, and you can always depend on them to treat you with the respect you deserve. Hit them up at thetreehouseak.com. Must be 21 years of age to enter their store. And ask them for some more AKO products over there. Yeah, you said they aren't carrying it no more, huh? Uh, I think they just would been doing or, really good down in Sitka. Mm, um, oh, is is what I what they mentioned to me. Um, distribution so, and everything. Yeah, up so here if you could sell it there and not spend the money to this strawberry banana is <clears throat> just selling good in the southeast there. Oh, it's just killing it. Yeah. That tangy, that tangy. Oh man, that one's that tangy's just like flavor on nectarine that. right in your tangerine. You know right, what? That's right what I call it, like oh, really? nectar. Yeah, like whatever nectar is. You know, that's what I would equate it Nectarine. to. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, I want to give another shout out to um, Cody Liska too. 
Um, I just appeared on his uh, Chatter Marks. He does a podcast for the museum. Dude, called elaborate on that. What was that all about? You mentioned it, and then I never got a really a chance to. Yeah, it was it was something that he we he had wanted to do since like back in like November, uh-huh. um, and he wanted to have a couple Alaska podcasters on there just to talk about you know trials and tribulations and how's it been going and all that stuff, and it just didn't work out until. Um, last week or two weeks ago and so i think that'll be out probably next week on this chatter marks thing and and he had um he had me on from alaska wild project and then he had uh, ralph sarah on and he's from anonymous eskimo recovery podcast and then he also had um coffee and quack um is another big podcast up here i'm um, dealing with a lot of uh alaska native um topics and things like that really uh-huh. really cool really really cool chick and she has several podcasts she has like at least four i want to say oh really yeah and she oh. and she's doing she's doing really well and, and so he wanted to have us on to chat about that um and uh we just talked about you know doing some promoting of of our podcast with him and all uh-huh. that so i told him we'd love to just tell people if you haven't checked out crude conversations which is his podcast that he does I want to say he does that bi-weekly, and then he does the chatter marks uh, for the museum bi-weekly. And, and Cody's just an um, awesome guy, Cody Liska, from a you know a super Alaskan family. Yeah, the borderline um, blood. The borderline blood. Um, he's got, I think the last podcast he did is 178th episode. Oh, you know, wow. That's really for That was for Crude? That was for Crude. Um, uh-huh. And so that's really inspiring. And a shout out to that Holiska family. And we have, should we say, we got, um, yeah, yeah, go for it. We got Uncle Jay. Yeah, Uncle Jay's coming on, uh, what, next week? Next Tuesday? No, two Tuesdays from now. Yep, two Tuesdays from now. Two weeks, yeah. I think we got a uh, surf and mountain biking, probably. Yeah, dude. Mm. I don't want to get into all that. And the borderline days. Yep. Uh, the northern border northern border yeah, that's right northern yeah, border. Border. fifth avenue mall days dude back yeah. when uh, people dude, i haven't been to the fifth avenue mall in like 10 years dude i went to the diamond center uh-huh. like f- during you know holiday season uh-huh. i was looking or i was going because it was uh mateo's birthday and we went to dave and buster's ah and we were meeting some of his buddies and i was like all right well let's walk around for a second Dude, it's cracking. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I don't uh, know if it was just the season, but obviously, uh-huh. like, they've There's made some too. major changes in there. Yeah, yeah. When I was in there, it's like, they got all kind of things going on. There's no, like, empty spaces. It's just, like, nice. bubbling in there. I didn't know people still went to the mall like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, in general, the South Anchorage area has grown uh, with more neighborhood subdivisions kind of being put in there over mm-hmm. the last two decades. So there's a little bit more of an influx of versus people like traveling from the west or east mm-hmm. um, or north areas of Anchorage, like to the south to the Diamond mm-hmm. Center. There's like more people that live around it. Mm. So I think it's just a more, I don't know. I mean, it's got Best Buy in there now. For, it's had it for years, but that's a, you know, yeah, that's yeah. a popular big box store and they put chilies and and olive garden in there and they got the movie theater cracking in there and dave and buster so i mean it's kind of has more of an allure mm-hmm. to it than just like the the mall with the rent you know lamonts and you know back in the day yeah, 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 yeah. gosh <laughs> yeah and you know the but the bowling alley still closed huh yeah I don't know. No way. It dude, open. That it's that, open. Uh, I mean, we used to go the last couple of years all the oh, time. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Hot it's, Topic's it's still fun. open, too, if you need one. Oh, some of those. Yeah. So. Yeah. What was yeah. the jeans everyone used to wear? The, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what 
talking about with the chains and the big Jenkos. Jenkos. That's funny. Jack, do you ever have a pair of Jenkos? I'm pretty sure you didn't. No. John Lau would like see you walk in the door and put a scissor to those in like two I would, seconds. I wouldn't wear those anyway. But uh, I, yeah, I'm sure I, th- I didn't even know that was a real name. I thought it was because I remember you one time going around calling everything Janko because you didn't know what it was. Wasn't that the Janky. word? Janky. 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 Yeah, Janky. Yeah. All right. So I thought you Same just, thing. I thought it was, you were just thing. being quick-witted <laughs> with that. Uh, mm-hmm. But this is the actual jean company is Janko. Jenko jeans, man. Yeah, they're kind of janky. Um, yeah, no, bit. I didn't. No, no, I had some skater pants. So they were like, you know, borderline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were pretty close to that. I mean, they were a little bit more on the extreme side on the baggy pants. Oh, it was like way, way extreme, dude. I used to have to like. You should pull it roll, up. Roll. I know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna <laughs> get connected here. And anyway, I used to take. So the bottoms wouldn't drag, and I could yeah. like fold them perfect over my shoes. Oh. I'd like tuck the heel in, so the like the jean would be like <laughs> in my heel, and I'd tuck it in the back of my. What kind of um, shoes were you wearing? Uh, I mean, I, I my mom was the manager at Lamont's, so I just kind of like rocked, you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever like Nikes or Adidas or Fila's or you know whatever. Pumas or whatever were uh-huh. whatever on the. She already got the employee discount and then yeah, there was yeah. like the clearance and then it was like yeah and the shoes were always too big and like the whole yeah. thing right because it's like you gotta grow grow into the shoes yeah <laughs> and um uh but when i got to junior high like she wouldn't buy me jankos so i would like oh you wanted them but i she wanted wouldn't. them but yeah so <laughs> oh, i like man. Pull so, them up, man please. i know man I, I, for some reason i can't get the stamp oh here we go yeah uh anyway man I, I didn't get any until I got like a homie's hand me downs, and then I did my chores really, really hard for like three months and saved enough to buy like two pairs. Uh-huh. And then were they expensive? Yeah, they were. Well, I thought they were. I want to say much? they were like eighty dollars. Oh maybe yeah, more so back it was then. like a pair of Luckies back in the day. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Luckies were nice, sharp. Yeah, they're young expensive. man looking pants. Then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those Janko son. Yeah, <laughs> I never got the chain wallet though. Oh, that was a, I thought that came with it. Oh, I never got those pants. It, it, so it was like huge pants that had like the chain that went all the no, way I'm down. I'm pretty sure you got the chain wallet and then back, back up. up. Yeah. And it would like tuck in, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you wear some of those, Daniel? No. No way, dude. Yeah, I, I had the shit you. that my grandma was sewed. <laughs> <laughs> I did have some MC Hammer pants that my grandma sewed up, dude. I thought it was so cool. I love MC Hammer pants, dude. Those were badass. No, man. I, I, I actually looked at a picture of me in junior high. <laughs> And I was wearing like green pants with like a red sweater, and I'm like, "Is it Christmas?" <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, "No, no it's not. No, it's just what you are." Tuesday in October. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were not in the fashion. Yeah, you see all the girls walking away from you in the picture. <laughs> <laughs> Jenko jeans. Oh my goodness. Oh man, I gotta send you guys another one. Um, the young guides. Uh, podcast with Kyle and Keaton. Oh yeah, dude, these guys, man, know their shit, dude. I've been listening to some of their a bunch of their stuff. Um, just like all the tips and tricks they got, dude, on like mm-hmm. flies and fishing and just like a lot of verbiage that I yeah. I think uh-huh. I know about fishing, yeah, but yeah. like it's like they're just saying these things like, oh, what does that mean? Yeah, saying yeah, that yeah. like, you know. Really cool dudes. Um, one of them are they Alaskans? Yep, I think he's from Sitka, and okay. then one of the other guys. But they do so, a lot of fishing. Like obviously in the off season, they'll go down to um, Montana and things uh-huh. like that, and yeah, do some yeah. fishing down there. 
Um, but they're just starting up, man. But they got some really, really cool stuff. We got to bring them up here once uh, they say they come when they come back for the season or whatever to go to get some uh, tips and tricks from those guys. Yeah, they really cool. seem to be just straight up trout bums. Nice. Yeah. Trout bums? Oh, I love those movies, the trout bum movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I haven't. I don't think I've ever seen those. Trout bums? Oh, yeah. yeah. They're pretty cool. The Fish and Browns in like New Zealand and the. Uh, What's the Mongolian trout? Like the it's like eighty pounds and oh the um it's not a tarpon. It sounds like a tarpon though. You having some technical difficulties there, big time, dude. All right, let me just yeah. It's it's the TV, is it? Yeah, like well, I just finally got it to this setting. It's snowing at least. Yeah, I got you, bud. I think it's the the, I think it's the Microsoft product. Yeah. Didn't have so you said you wanted to see what Jenko Jeans is about. I do. I do. (laughs) All right, let me pull it up here. Oh, so it was a bummer. Gid couldn't join us tonight. We'll get, mm, oh, yeah. Yeah, I talked to How's him. How's he doing, man? Is I he talked right? to him today. He's, he's recovering. Yeah, he's uh, he he's starting to feel better, so hopefully he can come up soon. And then, Whoa. <laughs> Those are the ones you wanted? Like that kid right there with the orange shirt. Go right there. These? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Straight up. Those are That's it right there. Nice, dude. Those are huge. Yeah, they're basic. That's why they're expensive because they're really four pairs of jeans. Yeah, <laughs> so the other and one. So okay. at my at my high school, that these are the guys that would wear those would go out to the trail to smoke. Yeah, the smoke. Yes, trend. yeah. The smoke. Look trail. at this one. This is like fancy like work ones. Oh man, there it is. Business, oh, people are on still top wearing party on these? the bottom. <laughs> oh, oh, they're coming back, dude. I see kids oh, in are? school now, elementary school. They're I like, it. all that stuff's like, like back now, dude. Look at it's the like homie, the nineties. The homie again. with the hat backwards. That is like classic, right there. Just like they aren't like too crazy big, but they're still stupid big. What do you put in this pocket right here? I don't know. Whatever you put in there, you forget it's What's there. Your trapper keeper. Your bong. <laughs> <laughs> Let's tuck this huge. in back here. <laughs> just has a little seal cap on it so the water doesn't spill. So they went from like st- skinny jeans to these jeans already, like in this the last couple of years. Oh, dude, big skinny time! It's nineties, man. They're wearing they're wearing the um, overalls, uh, overalls, man, yeah. with the one thing down and the holy things and like just straight up. It reminds me of high school, man. Cool. All the ki- all the kids now in elementary yeah. school are just like in high school. Oh man, I should have saved all my clothes from high school. That's Dude. it. You would have been cool now. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> or it would have been worth a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, Jack, you're. I. I would thought about the fish. Timon. Right. Yeah. Taman. 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 Nice. Nice. Yeah. Taman. Yeah. It just like yeah. came to me all yeah, of a sudden. Yeah. Those big ass like king king salmon sized trout. Oh yeah, bigger. Huge. Yeah. Like yeah. they they're they have like in the rivers over there, there it's a fish that looks Big like the grayling fin. that's related right to them. And uh and it eats these like huge grayling. Look at how big that streamer is on the bottom right. This is uh, Kenzie yeah. and I, this is like our dream trip. Oh my god. Dude. Yeah, it's so rad. What is it? You just put like a bird on a hook? Oh, what a, what <laughs> like the local people like because this is like way up in the Ma- in, in mongolia where like it's a crazy it's reserve only become like where you can fish that modern fishing just recently in the last 20 years but before that like the locals would like put like a squirrel or whatever equivalent like on like a piece of wood with a hook in it and float it out there and then rip it off and then this giant trout would come get it yeah <laughs> i didn't know that those were considered a trout 
Yeah, they're the biggest trout in the world. Yeah. The Taiman. Taiman. Yeah, they're, Ta- yeah, that's what they're I thought monsters, it was dude. The Siberian Taiman. Man, there was a thing on the Outdoor Channel a couple of years ago um, where it was followed this guy's, oh, geez, big pregnant female. Oh, man. God, damn, geez. dude. That's huge. Hucho. So he caught it in the fall, too. It looks cold. And look at those fish. Yeah, it was cool. The videos that I was watching, I think it might have been on the Trout Lums one. Where they, they had, like, hiked up on this ridge. Mm, and they were spotting like, them. And you could just see them in the water. Dude. They're just mondo. Big-ass long backs. Yeah. These all look like rich They have, guys. like, a red. Oh, yeah. for sure they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's Coyotes Google. Where's the Siberians, man? Oh, here we go. Here's the... Here's a local boy. You could tell him right yeah. there. Oh, yeah. Right there. That's Vladimir. Vladimir. <laughs> That's Vlad right there. So I got to show you where this is. Big one. Yeah, there's some really cool guide First camps that they have out there now. <laughs> um, and there's like a really huge conservation thing that they're doing as far as keeping that um, wilderness area pristine. Oh, really? And unaccessible. Uh-huh. Yeah, like you can't. Like, I'm pretty sure there must be some permitting or obviously I want to butcher this information, but there's got to be some sort of access permitting of some sort for these guides to fish these things. But this isn't like you just go out here and, and um, you know, go out and camp and trash and leave beer cans and shit out on this, these areas. Like, these are pristine wilderness areas when, with no civilization, like, within miles. Um that's a pretty well, cool map. So they got areas. the Siberian Taiman. Um, they have like the the Korean Taiman in Korea. The Sh- Sichuan, which is what India. No, that's um, yeah. Mongolia there. Yeah, that's Mongolia. That's China, China, Man, and then they even got some sparse out over here. Oh yeah, the Danube salmon huchu huchu hucho hucho. Yeah, you got it over there. Like that looks like Azerbaijan, Turkey, Hungary. Mm-hmm. Probably some big rivers that run through there. Yeah, definitely way uh, deep wilderness too. Especially yeah, up that in there, sounds pretty cool. I mean, there's like untouched, untouched areas back in there with no no people living around. Yeah, yeah man. Have you heard incredible. of those um, like super packs? of wolves that they have in the Siberia? No. Yeah, man. What's up with those? <clears throat> Um, I was I was looking into that, reading into that. They have just these super packs that's like three, four hundred wolves, like hundreds of packs, and they'll just come through. Like, and then whenever they come in by these like small villages, like literally, like the people just have to like lock themselves in when these wolves come in because there's just so many of them. And there was this video I saw. Um, this uh, this police officer had pulled over somewhere someone in in some town up the up in russia and siberia mm-hmm. and um he's like on this bridge and there's like a light like those only light was where they were he must have been crossing some bridge or something like that and then um he's like the video is the officer like talking to the guy who's still in the car and then you just see the officer like look behind him and then he just jumps into the back seat of the guy's car he had pulled over. And then you just see like hundreds of wolves run by. Just like, whoa. Where? You're like, oh my God, guys, dude. Look. Like he jumped in there to like. Here? Earthquake? Yeah, a little one. Oh, there is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this building shakes hard. Oh, I didn't feel it. You felt it though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because you guys weren't touching the table and the table and the, the mics were moving right there. 
Yeah, for our listeners out there that aren't from Alaska, we have earthquakes all the time. So. Oh, my wife said she heard the, um, I woke her up, man, the sonic boom from the Tongan volcano. Oh, really? Yeah. When was it? What night was this? Um, uh, Man, it was not that it's long like ago. Three days ago? Yeah, three days ago. It was it underwater, though, right? Yeah, did you watch the video? Uh-uh. Oh, man. Oh, can we watch it right yeah, now? Yeah, let me pull that video up. I also want to look cool. up the, some information on these super packs. <laughs> no, don't don't leave that. That was You were talking about the... I, I so interrupted that conversation, and you guys were deep into it. I apologize, but... Like yeah, she and and then but. I read yes the, the day after that you could hear you could hear the volcano all the way up in Alaska because she was like, did you hear that earthquake or whatever that was? That and I was like, no, I didn't hear nothing. Like she's like, yeah, it was like at four in the morning or something. Let me look. At I definitely room. didn't hear it. No, I was mouth breathing. Um, there it is, right here. It disconnected for some reason. Oh, you're not. Oh, I think because you turned no, yours on. Turn no, that. no, no. I, I'm out. I'm off. All right, hold on a second. Connect this real quick again. Yeah, I'm still kind of like trying to figure out how this. What's well, that computer, go. man? Your thing doesn't like it. Doesn't like to connect. They, no, the no, they don't. They don't. Oh, that's not really the... Oh, yeah, there you go. Holy shit. Look at the shockwave. Wow, that's all satellite imagery. Tsunami. Yeah, it um messed up a lot of uh, some of those villages out there in Tonga. Um I've actually been meaning to talk to um, some of my Tongan parents and see what they, because uh, a lot of them, they haven't been able to communicate oh. with a lot mm. of them, just took out like everything. I think uh-huh. they said it um, destroyed a lot of like the um, the cables and stuff in the yeah. ocean. Okay. Oh, all the fiber optics. Yeah. Yeah. The fiber optics. Mm. Um, You said you want to look up the super packs? Yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe so how, how. Why, like, what's the deal with these? Like, why, why are they letting them become super packs? I guess. Um, I, I don't know if that they're letting them, but like, if you think about how big Siberia is, the forest in that wilderness is like as big as the United States. So imagine the United States with no cities. There's yeah. Like that amount of space uh-huh. just allows for that amount of growth. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, look at this. 400 super pack wolves threaten town. Let me pop this one and see. This is a. Even Rogan covered it. That's probably where I first read or heard about it. Mm-hmm. That's pretty wild, huh? Yeah, that would be insane. That the wilderness You're just is like hiking down this like game trail, being quiet, you know, looking for a, a moose or something, and then you see, like, you know, they they're probably going single file, right? And like oh, yeah, four hundred of them rolling by here, like I'm rolling real still. <laughs> Yeah, and I get. Yeah. I mean, just think about. There's got to be still a, um, a alpha. Yeah, that's just like in yeah. charge of all these. They just have pictures of what the super. The super. Yeah, this isn't super boss. They just have pictures of the cute one. <laughs> this is the one from the zoo. <laughs> this isn't exactly a super wolf pack. Pe- wolf. Oh, yeah, here we go. 
largest wolf pack. In the winter of 2010, 2011, a super pack of wolves numbering over 400 reportedly terrorized the Russian town of Verkhoryoska, population 1,300 <laughs> in the northern region of Yaktuya, one of the remotest inhabited areas in the northern hemisphere. More than 30 horses were killed in just four days, according to local officials, and teams of hunters were established to patrol neighborhoods and shoot the wolves on sight. Animal experts suspicious of the claim say that wolves usually form packs of no more than 10 to 15 animals, although the particularly harsh winter may have killed off the wolves' usual prey, forcing them to attack larger animals. Mm. Oh. So it was a natural ebb and flow of their yeah. conditions and habitat changed dramatically, so they had to make make drastic measures to... Mm -hmm. to well, there's food. also some history stories, too, on... Um, on uh, I don't know World War One, maybe World War Two, um, where they literally had to stop fighting each other and shoot the wolves, because as you know, people would die, then the wolves would come in and just start. You know, there's just meat everywhere, people mm -hmm. dead, mm -hmm. and then eventually well, they the got sense. so emboldened, and there's so many of them, you know, and then you they would just decided to like take a break and like shoot the wolves and then go back to shooting themselves, shooting each other. Oh, wow. Mm. That's insane. Yeah. What did yeah. I read that in, man? Kind of makes sense based on I that. I don't think I would want to be in war there with all the, I mean, we don't want to be war anywhere, but especially a spot where you're like just chilling and then try not all to get shot. Dead and people then are it's probably world war one, but all the trench warfare, but I don't know. But it yeah. regardless, well, probably World War Two if it was Russia. It was Russia? Yeah, I want to say it was Russia and um, Germany. The Germans. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they what just they, call they the declared like a ceasefire. Maybe I could find it. Yeah. Um, they declared some sort of ceasefire because of all the wolves. Wow. Well, and it was kind of cool, like going back to that sheep companion we did, mm -hmm. and how they highlighted like how they could identify what they thought were predatory kills with like tracks and the way that they were torn up or you yeah, know yeah, if it was yeah. a wolverine or a wolf they could kind of figure it out i found it pretty fascinating that it is kind of what you already expect but like for them to um kind of elaborate and or even confirm your your ideal that like predators are what actually kill more caribou sheep and moose than like oh, any yeah. hunter well for sure or anything you know what I mean? That yeah. it's and that's natural mortality. That's just yeah. That's pure nature. It's yeah. carnivores eating herbivores or whatever, and so it's like. But those come in real big, uh, a real big cycle, right? That mm -hmm. I think we're trying to avoid. You know, so mm -hmm. then people can, you know, we that we have the animals, we can continue to harvest them. Mm -hmm. So on this uh, MeatEater.com, they have like a little fat che fact checker section, and it says um, the claim is that during World War One, German and Russian forces declared a temporary ceasefire and banded together to hunt wolves. The voracious animals were attracted to the prolific and gruesome scavenging available in the war zone, attacking soldiers and civilians mm. alike. Um, and then it says, oh, so it was World War One. It was World yep. One, and then. The facts are, in February of 1917, a dispatch from Berlin noted large packs of wolves moving into populated areas of the German Empire from the forests of Lithuania and Volhynia. 
Locals hypothesized that the war efforts displaced the wolves, so the canines started seeking out new hunting grounds. The hungry wolves infiltrated rural villages, attacking calves, sheep, goats, and in two cases, children. Scary. They also showed up on the front lines, feeding on the fallen, and sometimes taking advantage of incapacitated fighters. Oh, oh my shit. God. Did you just get your leg blown off, and here comes a wolf? Yeah. Jesus. Parties of Russian and German scouts met recently and were hotly engaged in a skirmish when a large pack of wolves dashed on the scene and attacked the wounded. Wow. The Russian and German soldiers temporarily stopped being enemies once they found a common foe. Both sides agreed to a ceasefire if the wolves interrupted another battle. And then it says poison, rifle fire, hand grenades, and even machine guns were successfully tried in attempts to eradicate the nuisance. But to no avail, the, vo- the wolves, nowhere to be found quite so large and powerful as in Russia, were desperate in their hunger and regardless and regardless of danger. Mm. Wow, look at that. Wow, that's crazy. Look at the last thing there. It was a wolf plague. They called it overcome the wolf plague. Mm. That's cool, man. I mean, it's not cool. It was, you know, I'm sure that those experiences for those human beings were horrendous, but it's incredible the on the fly adjustments nature will make uh-huh. when it's necessary to, for survival. Yeah. Right? Like it, those wolves up to that point had nothing, wanted nothing to do with humans, I'm sure. Yeah. Like most wild animals, right? They don't actually. Want to be around you, smell you. You're, you're, you're a fear. You're an instance. You know their instant reaction to you and smelling you is like you're different. I'm out. Yeah, it can't be good. Well, I would think that as um, those troops um, move through, you know, those areas, they would probably hunt um, deer and whatever elk was oh, around definitely. to like supplement yeah, the think. rations. Yep. The meager mm-hmm. rations they're probably getting from yep. their government. Um, just the same as to tie it back to the sheep thing, just like when they mentioned on the um on that sheep talk thing, how when they were building the Alcan, mm-hmm. like the front forces or the front people builders, like that's what they lived on. Yeah. Right. So they would have yep. people go out and Off hunt sheep. and they yeah. and they would just, you know, bring back, you know, big horns and dolls and moose and whatever mm-hmm. else to feed the men that were creating mm-hmm. the, the the highway yeah 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 that's a great point that was almost direct correlation to the bighorns you know in north america mm-hmm. that fed the the westerners in in the north that there were sheep where, where it was you got high enough in altitude or elevation I, I should say that their caribou and moose dispersed now you're in sheep country yeah and there was lots of sheep so you harvested them for their meat mm-hmm. you know it wasn't a trophy hunt Right. It was a meat hunt. Yeah. But for doll sheep. Yeah. Which you you think now, like, you don't, it's not like, I'm filling my freezer with a sheep. Yeah. Like, that doesn't really happen. No. I mean, if you and three guys went and killed three sheep, you could probably come back with a pretty damn good supply. But that doesn't happen very often. And even you bring home two sheep, it's not a lot. No, I it's mean, like, what's going to last you a couple months? Yeah, you get, you get maybe 60, 70 pounds of meat. Yeah, off the bone, really. At the end of the day, because you eat twenty pounds of it in the field, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brisket's gone, yeah. tenderloin's gone, yeah. half the back straps are gone, <laughs> and they're damn good. Oh, they're oh the that's the best, yeah. man. Oh, something yeah. about it. 
I always yeah. have that little seasoning in the pack. Oh, yeah. And then I brought it's the little, oil. Remember I brought the little oil pack? Oh, yeah, that to was... Dread, to dress it. And that's then, right. And then put the salt and pepper, and then we cooked it over the fire. Oh, I always good. have that coconut oil in, like, yeah, a little so you were tiny saying that, container. That's solid, man. Yeah, because... Or some ass fat, man. That's really all you need. Some chitronis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, hot tip there, man. If you don't have the oil out there, just cut a piece of that fat off the back rear end there and just... Mm -hmm. um, what we did is once we got back to... Um, you know the creek bottom or whatever and we build a little fire and i got the flat like from the river just get the flattest flattest uh, thinnest rock you can yeah, get yeah. and kind of make it like a pan yeah where you'll build like a fire you under know it. with rocks around it and fire mm -hmm. under it, then that thing just gets sizzling hot mm -hmm. and then you put on that ass fat and just sizzle it around there. And just put that meat on there it's just like a cast iron oh mm -hmm. oh man that's mm -hmm. good yeah it was pretty amazing wasn't it Yum. and then eat the fat after like crisped up oh yeah. was that good oh the chicha yeah, i was gamey but yeah. it was i mean i don't know that you could come home and cut a slab and fry it in a cast iron and like in your kitchen and eat it and be like yeah. oh but out <laughs> like, there your body craves it oh it was so good mm -hmm. yeah and it really was um the, the rams we killed that year they were both so so healthy and and slabs like i took that one big ass slab and saved it. i was like oh, i want to get to the bottom dude and we're gonna so I cut it like in like thin slices, mm -hmm. so it'd break down and and um, render. I guess you could call it almost, mm -hmm. and it would just like lubricate the top of the rock, and then so it was just all oily. And then so I'd have like little chunks all around the edges, mm -hmm. so they're like, shh, and they're kind of like, you know, the oil is just like seeping down. Yeah, and so yeah. Cook a few pieces of meat, and he'd stir the fat around, and he'd push it back to the edges of the rock, and put another <laughs> slab on there. Nice. It's pretty fun. We got some good video of that too. Yeah, not quite a big game recipe, but <laughs> I should clip that out and put it out. What yeah, seasoning pretty cool. did you have? Um, I think you just brought like mm -hmm. a salt, pepper, and garlic. Garlic yeah. powder, like a yeah. garlic mm -hmm. powder. A little trifecta, a little thing. Mm -hmm. We used every ounce of it. Yeah, not. Uh, I think we ate the entire brisket, uh, both sheep briskets, mm. in one sitting nice yeah i think one of the sides of yours was blown to shit so i don't know if we ate, we ate one full because we were like full at the end yeah it's kind of like choking down those last yeah. like big slabs uh -huh. but i was like oh, you know you're not like yeah. you know you're not, like, you're not gonna like throw it in the fridge <laughs> yeah. you know or you're not you know waste it so we ate it till we were almost sick but yeah um i mean shit there's 10 pounds of meat right there right <laughs> Yeah, get a couple Lighten biscuits. Load. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Helped a little bit. Yeah, yeah. save the knees. Yeah, I mean, it, and kind of like circling back to, I think we were before our podcast tonight. We were just kind of wing it and kind of free ball because we don't do that very often. Mm -hmm. We've kind of been structuring and having guests, and that's been great. But kind of having just a fun conversation, we haven't been able to kind of do that. Um, but I, I mentioned I wanted to talk a little bit about the. The sheep conversation, the whole thing, like it gets kind of gets back to um, that. And uh, I feel like I, I, I kind of almost want to lean toward maybe maybe getting more involved in getting a, a sheep foundation um, membership and like being part of the the cause, mm -hmm. you know, uh, for what it, what it represents. I, I kind of wasn't really like didn't quite understand if I like joined that and became a member. Like, what is it really doing? My buddy Hap, Patsy Santoro, he's he's a huge member and he's always promoting and giving me the magazines all the time at work and 
read through them, and I'm like, man, this is a bunch of rich old white guy shit. It's kind of what I felt like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that was just a really uneducated and ignorant thought process about it because I really didn't know about it. I never took the time to figure it out. I just saw all these, like, you know, the ads for all the super expensive guns and scopes and gear and, like, you know, it wasn't just a Silverado in the ad. It was, like, the high country, which is, like, the $80,000 truck. So it's, like, this thing's angling towards this, like, white-collar like dude and that mm-hmm. ain't me you know uh-huh. like this isn't like i can't relate to this shit and then when they when he put it in perspective on that well that rich dude actually allows you in the state you live in in the board of game and fish to take helicopters and nets and research equipment and biologists to go up into these mountains and get these animals and and figure them out and help manage them and and Make it so there's more opportunities for you to hunt and tags for you to draw. And it's like, shit, well, man, that rich-ass dentist is actually hooking me up. Yeah. Because now I can throw a $5 tag in the draw mm-hmm. in December and maybe get that coveted tag that some dude might be paying 120000 for in the banquet this year. Yeah. So I don't know, man. It, that was a huge shift in like, okay, like. Maybe I can get more involved and throw up 50 bucks a year or whatever the hell the membership fee is and kind of have some skin in the game in that. Yeah. You know, like, I don't I, I wonder, like, what is more beneficial? Like, you're you're after, you know, conservation and in and Alaska. That's what Blood Origins was about. Hunting is conservation was the message. Yeah, yeah. And this is why. Right. And, and sometimes that's a confusing statement. It's the Ducks Unlimited message. Like, there you and, go. And I think mm-hmm. Ducks Unlimited is like easier for people to grasp because they're like, okay, well, th- th- they can actually show like th- mm. this many wetlands, acres of wetlands or, or miles of wetlands are now protected and all this mm. because mm. of them. Like, I think, it, and there's way more members for sure in Ducks Unlimited. Oh, and they've been, yeah. But it's the same sort of deal. But what I was going to say is like, I get what you're saying. Like, you know, you, you're like, oh, well, this is a good organization and I want to support them. I want to support. I could get on board with supporting them because, mm-hmm. you know, I believe in the cause, but the cause that I think you believe in is the local cause. So my, my, point. my point to that would be like, well, why don't you just give fishing game 50 bucks? Mm-hmm. Cause then it goes a hundred percent to what you want and not mm-hmm. like administrative fees and all this other stuff and how much money more of that money goes. Uh, I always kind of juggle that with any of like the nonprofits. It's like, okay, well I want to use, I want to, you know, donate this chunk of money, but how well is it going to be used? So if you can give it direct to the source, it it has the best usage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, they did bring that up on some point where I think you had an actual factual number where he said, um, you know, the year before they started auctioning off that Montana tag, I don't know if it was Montana or Wyoming, um, Montana. He, he said mm-hmm. that in tag revenue, they would make like $120,000 or whatever uh-huh. a year for the state. And then that, that once they auctioned off the tag, it was like $380,000 yeah. on top of the 120000 So one person is like quadrupling right. the amount of money that is going back into the fishing game, which is pretty astounding. You know, That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. But I, and I think you should, they should still do that. 
what mm-hmm. I was just getting at is like if, Bri- yeah, if me I, and Brandon totally were going to go into this together, saying. yeah, like I might be like, well, instead of just, you know, I don't really want extra pages of waste. Like I don't want a magazine mm. show up to my house that I'm going to throw in the trash can probably. Yep. yep. Um, you know, I, and it's shipped to Alaska, all that shit that comes mm-hmm. with it. I would, and, and then there's like some administrative fees and mm-hmm. you know, like how much of your $50 a month or a year, whatever goes to the cause that you want it to versus mm-hmm. like if you just like call it fishing game you're like hey i want my 50 dollars a month to go to yeah. Yeah. conservation sheep like that's 100 percent. yeah i wonder if they have a actual like pick click give kind of deal where you can be like specific yeah that would be cool if they did mm. yeah well he did also mention in that in that blood origins thing where let's say that um uh oregon or whatever um sold their sheep sheep tag or whatever for whatever four hundred thousand dollars but really the department of fishing game realized that there's a need for moose something a moose that they were able to allocate some mm, of those funds cool too. to help for that oh, okay so they they have they have discretion uh-huh. to kind of use it for some of the money towards you know some other need that's yeah. might be higher well, yeah critical a biological yeah. research project on Mm-hmm. certain but we're donating already i mean if you want to donate extra just apply for more tax <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that is a great <laughs> point right. man i mean because you i mean it's i'm putting at least 200 bucks a year with mm-hmm. the tags and the mm-hmm. license and the all kids that stuff. And, and then you put in the kids and the wife that was 460 dollars for me this year yeah yeah it was expensive yeah and i wanted to go more mm-hmm. but i was like Phew. Like, all right, man. So, in you know, my, our family is originally from Wyoming. For I'm, we moved up here when I was young, but um, you know, my dad's always been into conservation and stuff. And we had these magazines at the house, and they're called Wyoming Wildlife. Mm. And they're a magazine put on by the Department of Fish and Game, and it has really interesting articles like the stuff that came out in that sheep podcast, you know, but mm-hmm. for Wyoming specific. And and then they have beautiful photo contests that they let people put in for, like, every magazine. So it's gorgeous pictures, great stories, really short, super cheap. I think it's like, man, I think I pay, like, so anyway, when we had them growing up. <laughs> And they're in the bathroom or wherever, you know, they're everywhere. And so like when I started having little kids, I was like, oh shit, my kids need Wyoming wildlife magazine because we don't have Alaska one. And, you know, I pay whatever it is, 20 bucks a year or whatever. But, but uh, it's the uh, Wyoming department of fish and wildlife or whatever. It's the opposite. And it's not fish and game. So it's like game and fish or whatever. Game and fish. Yeah. um, Does it. And all the proceeds go to their department so it like funds their department mm. and it's a way to get all their information out like i know more about wyoming's what wyoming's doing <laughs> than here but it's like w- the state of alaska should do something like that like all, people from all over the nation would buy an alaska magazine and then it like 100 percent supports the fishing game and um and, and you think about like the photo opportunities, you know, the, there's photo contests in every one of these mm-hmm. Wyoming wildlife. We, we have million people, you know, million photo opportunities a year, yeah. you know, it would be really cool. And that would be a, a good way to like add some funding in. Well, I wonder if they're building up to that. Cause I know they send out, um, those emails that are like three, four page informative, uh-huh. sometimes have mm-hmm. a story, mm-hmm. you have links to this and pictures in there. Um, maybe they're just a little bit more, um, I don't know, progressive and just doing it online versus having a, a mail out. But I, I agree. Like if you're like, Hey, it's five bucks 
yeah. to get a magazine and you have something cool to have around the house or in the studio or wherever and you're knowing that that money is exactly going yeah. towards you know. well and then people from the states would probably buy it right yeah. and so now you're getting all kinds of people funding you know the the local department yeah i wonder what the um like what it costs or something yeah yeah you know yeah. if it's worth it Do you yeah, guys like subscribe? what percentage of the cost come back yeah yeah i wondered i mean you could probably even find out um what would uh if there's the contribution from you know fish alaska hunt alaska uh mm-hmm. magazine if there are is that related pro- to the state i i don't know that's a good question. I'd actually like to know. I always thought that I, was I, a I, private magazine. It is. I mean, it's a private company, but I wonder if there's some sort of like, you know, are they throwing in something? Are they affiliated? Because, I mean, obviously there's a great opportunity for the the fish and game um, footprint to be, you know, out in something other than just their right. You know, website or articles or whatever. I mean, this is like a public magazine, so... Um, I, I used to subscribe to it. I haven't got it over the years. It was kind of like one of those things, Jack, like what you just said, man, you just had like all these paper laying around, but man, I love the magazines though. I love the stories. I love the, the photos and, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if you ever really like ran through a full year and Hunt Alaska has really only come out twice a year. They're seasonal versus like official Alaska that comes Uh out every month. And it's kind of like a lot of the same. When uh-huh. it comes to hunting and fishing magazine, uh-huh. like how many times can you talk about cohos in in yeah August, right. in September, and how many stories? Um, you got to love the shit. So yeah, it's yeah. just like something you're passionate about. But some of the hunting stuff is really cool because you can relate to it. There's some really great gear reviews mm. in, in there too that I've always thought were really cool. Um, you know, stuff that was like coming up or coming out. I know it's always kind of something we talked about doing, but um, great gear reviews. I, I really enjoy that magazine. I, I haven't really read it a lot, though. Um, yeah, I certainly this, have it. Look at Spring 18, you know, new hunts for the new year, you know, like that kind of shit. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I, I think, like, what I this is cool for sure, and especially, like, with the part where they have the processing of the meat and the butchering. But I think like what I was, what would be cool about like the fishing game specific is that mm. they would be talking about like, hey, this is the cool research we're doing. This is like you've seen all the stuff that's happened with King Salmon over the last twenty years. This is what we figured out, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And so it's a way to like update the public, just like they did with their sheep talk on what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that part. Yeah, I'll get behind that big time. Speaking of the king. Salmon, man, did you get the email? No. About the derby? Ooh, when is it this year? Um, let me look it up real quick. They it's said, um, what you say? April? It's April. Mm-hmm. Early yeah, April? I just got it. When was, it was so, April last year. April yeah, 9th. Yeah, I April think they 9th. are officially moved, now moving it to that later date, which I think is cool. I think a little bit later is better. Is it? Is it I mean, better for fishing? I don't know about the fishing part. I'm talking about just conditions in general. Oh, yeah, for driving your boat. You know, down I mean, it just, I mean, it still can be, you know, you can still get caught in a snowstorm or whatever. Just more daylight. Yeah, the know, weather was nice. The road was. Yeah, it was nice great last time. year. Well, yeah. wasn't the pass nasty, though, when there were guys rolling their shit over? And there was. We did see a truck rolled over in the pass, yeah. and, but it wasn't too bad. And 
it was beautiful it was all snow snow white mm-hmm. but um mm-hmm. it Did wasn't again? yeah it wasn't too bad um yeah there wasn't very many fish though I mean, there, were, there wasn't a lot I of think fish caught. There was caught. like nineteen fish, wasn't that right? Nine, it was like under twenty fish caught. Yeah, it wasn't a lot. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it wasn't very many. Yeah, so new for twenty two. What do they got going on there, Daniel? Um, Saturday, April ninth, um, one day tournament, tens of thousands of dollars. Um, side tournaments, random prize. Oh, that's right. The ten-year-old won last year. Andrew Andrew Marley was the mm-hmm. youngest champion in tournament history with the fish weighing twenty-five point six two pounds. Yep. Um, uh, oh, yeah, I'll yeah. take another one. Thanks. Yeah, I'll do one of those hazies. I'll take the crush. Crush. Let's get crushed out. Yeah, the kid won, and he ended up winning like the youth tournament and the regular tournament and the boat one. He got like all kind of money. The, the trifecta. Yeah. Um, so that's open for registration right now. Um, yeah. I don't know, like, if you don't have a friend or a boat yourself, how do you get into the tournament? You don't? Can you, like, charter out something? Or could you, like, it'd be your, cool if they had, your, like, an uh, open. Get your kayak or your paddleboard, man. Get after it. Get the kayak out there. Just get after it. <laughs> canoe just, just get out there <laughs> oh my god dude no way man they should make a paddleboard division. Paddle division yeah that'd be gangster that'd be yeah tough, i'd like man. to try to participate this year oh you missed last year i did i actually don't want to try i want to do it um so hopefully we'll tell you what up. you do you go home you go in the kitchen you put you go to flip, the calendar flip, the flip calendar it to up. april 9th yep. and just put winter actually april 8th yeah. to the 10th <laughs> You put yeah, Winter you King Friday Derby off. with the arrow all the way across. <laughs> yep. And be like, put, honey, put I'm going to be gone. Put the time in off work on that Friday. It's already on. Yep. No, you're right. I mean, that's that's what's up. Jack, are you going to get the uh, the old... Uh, insider? Insider. <laughs> that's what I was doing. The deep insider, baby. The deep, deep insider. insider. The deep insider. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, John... When are you guys going to officially John. just name it and just do it? Well, we are. We just, uh, we have other stuff. I was farming all day today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm name my bull, we, just, right? we already named it. We're just going to get stickers. That seems like not Easy. that big. Yeah, we'll let Jake do that. Um, yeah, pick something cool out. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to go, go down, I guess. Well, uh, now that I know the dates and they don't match with my steelhead trip, then actually. I need to know about that, too. Ooh, is that a back-to-back? I think it's exactly when we're going. Oh, you're no, going, no, going no, going no, 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 it's not. No, it's not. No, we're, it's well, a month off. A month you off. You're like May, oh, I May. thought. Yeah, we go late. So, miss all the crowds. So, yeah, yeah, May. But then, I don't know if the Homer hockey tournament's happening. That one would be the weekend before that. Before this uh-huh. tournament? Yeah. yeah April's going to be before before this. Well, early the, May. It's usually busy. the last weekend of March, like April 1st, kind of. So, yeah, I hope they have that this year. Yeah. Mm. Hopefully they're not back to back weekends, but it would be cool to get down there, uh, borrow John Lott's truck, and get down there with the boat for the hockey tournament, and yeah. then leave the boat there. Oh, there uh, you go, man! And then so it's like you get a weekend fish and kind of screw around and try to learn something, mm-hmm. play some hockey, and then uh, the next week come back yeah. prepared. 
That's a good idea. You know, Bring find out where the fish are, so then we can go back to that spot before they move. There you go. In a week. Keep them in there. <laughs> Eric's That's in a good a, idea. Did Eric come last year? Who else? Yeah, came? Eric yeah, was there. Eric. He had boots and my brother. They caught a fish. Oh, yeah, yeah Dan, that's got, right. Dan, oh, got, Dan got a nice fish. They had that reel that had like a buku reviews or views. Oh, yeah. Remember? They, yeah, they did. <laughs> this, oh, this is Savannah. how we do it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, sure I did. caught a GoPro. Oh, oh yeah, you did. You did. We got like a 35-pound halibut. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, trolling. Oh. I thought for sure it was a king. Super excited. Pulled well, everyone else was inside. It was like when the t- tide was going out really hard. Oh. Yeah. And so when it came on, I was like, oh, shit, I got a king. So I was fighting it, and I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. But then it was like kind of like, oh, shit, it's fighting like a skate. <laughs> and then it ended up being a halibut. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm down. I want to I wanna try to make it this year. Um, that's fun. That's looking to look forward to too. Yeah, I mean, if Eric comes out with his bigger boat and then yeah. Jack brings his the home boat, and the deep insider. Oh man, oh, man. that's like a, a vicious combo. <laughs> the home wrecker's the name of his boat. Yeah, the home wrecker. The home wrecker. Yeah. Who else has a boat recently that could go? Yeah, that'll be a fun trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I think Dad missed out last year and he was real bummed. So he'll come. Yeah, he'll come along with yeah, whoever else you guys want to go, we can go. Yeah, we fish. had a nice group last time. It yeah. was fun. Jerry and Freshy. That's right. That's right. CJ. CJ. Yeah. 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 yeah we did have a really good crew. Did you guys Listen go in 90s rap. Awesome bro, awesome bro dinner, too. Yeah, we, yeah, we went did. to Steakhouse and shit. To AJ's yeah, we invited yeah. the competition. We had yeah. Boots and your brother yep. <laughs> Eric with us. Yeah, that was the really nice down. having AJ's steak. We should do that same thing again this year. Yeah, we got lucky booking that in there, didn't I? Like just last minute. Yeah, it was no like right when we're going into town. <clears throat> yeah, we got to get in advance on that. Yeah. yeah. And then we went to your buddy's house. Oh, yeah, yeah, Mr. Gathman. Yeah, that's who we we need to have Gathman take us out fishing. Uh, mm, show you the ropes. Yeah, yeah, the ropes. He had a bunch of uh, ladies on his boat fishing. Oh, that's he right. He was captain. Oh, his wife and all her friends. Yeah, they were, Damn. I think they had some double shovel on that boat. We got to link up with uh, the Ulmers, too. Yeah. Chad goes down there with um, Aaron Ulmer, oh. and they're like, "Oh, really? What's the name of that boat, dude? The Double Eagle. The Double Eagle. Oh, God. Oh, Chad was, was on the Double Eagle last year. Yeah, he was on the Double Eagle. How many people do they bring out on that boat? It's a twelve pack <laughs> charter? <or> what? <laughs> yeah, it's like a forty person <laughs> boat. I don't know. It's it's exclusive. I don't. It's yeah. I don't know. I haven't got the invite yet. Holler at your boy. Yeah, um, sounds like a blast. It would be. It will be. It will be. Man, we looked out with the weather too, right? Yeah, it was. So oh nice. man, it was beautiful it that was day. Gorgeous. I was all checking it out on Instagram. I was like, oh. <laughs> oh yeah, it was so pretty. Even the night before, when we went out to test the water, so it was real nice too. Mm. Yeah. Oh, you guys did get out the day before. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. That's the yeah. way to do it. We didn't catch any kings either day. It's nice to just launch the boat and like figure out how to get out of the harbor and be like, all right, at least we know how to like, you know, do the thing. Yeah, we went to go find the fish. Mm-hmm. We went we went out the bluffs for a ways and look for them. We th- I think we saw some on the depth finder that night, but like none the next day. Yeah, we didn't see any loons. Oh, until we were coming in after the like last bell rang, then we spotted the loon. Yeah, that's right. That was it. Yeah, 
You want to go that same way or the other way? I don't know. Well, I, well, if we get to go down for hockey, we should go check it out. Check it out, yeah. <clears throat> go try a different couple different spots. Yeah. Yeah. Well, other than that, we have um, up close sooner is uh, the Jewel Lake Jamboree, um, which is Saturday, February 12th. Mm-hmm. Um, up at Jewel Lake, I want to say that's eleven to three o'clock. Um, we are yeah, uh, ten to three. We are one of the sponsors there. We plan to be there with our ice fishing shacks and our children and our wives, and um, we're talking about doing a little podcast bring, there. Bringing the bringing the studio to the to the to the hard water. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna highly depend on the on the weather. Yeah, um, I mean, and it, the wind it gets pretty vicious out there. Sure. Um, That'd be really nice to go out there and uh, do a little podcast and talk to uh, Dustin that's pulling it off and ADF&G and uh, um, go have a good time with some Kaladi Brothers coffee and maybe interview some of those kids out there um, that are catching fish. And then the weekend after that, I want to say, is the Iron Dog start mm-hmm. out there in Big Lake, um, correct? No, it's... I'm pretty sure that's the weekend after no, that. sooner than that. I think it's on the 19th, because remember we were talking about the meat party being the same day. Yeah, it's in February. Yeah. The, the Iron Dogs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the February 19th, 19th right, the right, weekend right. after. So it's back to back. Um, Are you going to be gone? I'm going to, I'll be able to join the start of the race, but I wouldn't be able to, I won't be here for the finish of the yeah. Iron Dog. I, I thought it'd be really fun to go out there um, that Saturday. Yeah. Um, Co- I've never the seen start. the start of the Iron Dog race. Um, yep. And I haven't um, took the kids to the mayhem of Big Lake and all that. stuff. Actually, no, they have come for a little ice fishing, I think. Mm-hmm. They came one time. Um, but that'd be fun because there's a lot of going on out there. Sure. And um, bring the kids and maybe do some ice fishing. Mm-hmm. And watch weather the race. permitting, it'd be cool to bring the equipment out there and cover that too. Yeah. I talked to Mike. He came to the shop the other day. Um, he brought, uh, he and Chris's race sleds, their, their auxiliary fuel tanks. Brought six of them over, and we painted them for him at the oh, shop. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. He dropped them off and had the painters mix up a custom metallic black oh, to sweet. contrast with their sleds. And Mike was super pumped, picked them up, and gave me a quick update on all. They, I guess they just been running like crazy. Like I was thinking about training, those boys training. when it was like, Minus twenty. Oh, they were like they were weeks. yeah they were actually training in the wind. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, and the windstorms and shit. They were out there running still. So they cool. just they just go and, and do they have um? Can you bet on that? Is there like odds? Mm-hmm. Does anyone run odds on that thing? Like there's an underbelly of gambling. In the know, we should do like uh, we fun though, like fantasy football or fantasy Iron oh, Man draft dude. just with us, you yeah. know, in the studio. One fantasy, day. a fantasy Iron Dog, right, yeah. Season? And then yeah. also do a fantasy like Iron or I did a run for sure that I did a run one too. Yeah, isn't that how uh, Eddie got into it? Was yeah, he was he saying did. that they were doing fantasy? I did a run. Pretty much. Yeah, that's so like cool. Like covering it. Yeah. And then he like really wanted to win. So then he went to like the convention center. <laughs> <laughs> he, went to, he went to the dinner. Like, who are you guys? So we're like, He's we like, know more about your dogs than you. <laughs> <laughs> want to figure Is out. Is that little Jojo the lead dog? <laughs> yep. Got my money on him. Did he get that tendon fixed? Is he good? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You giving him snuggles that night? Uh, no, I, w- I will be. Um, oh, yeah. That is the same. Okay. Cool. Well, Where at are least you going? It isn't at least I'm doing a Hawaii trip. Oh, nice. Yeah. When? Um, 
Man, I might be fucking up. I will be gone for the start of that. I did right no. I'll be in Arizona. No. Hawaii trip is in March. Oh, okay. So, um, anyway, yeah. <laughs> Tell you later. Oh, okay. Yeah. Want me to edit that out? Yeah. <laughs> you should, because I'm fucking up right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, this I'm won't come out. Listens. Okay, yeah. Yeah, well. Fucking up. We'll see if they're really listening or not. Oh, they are. Okay. No. <laughs> You're fucked. They're one of those 500. 500. Um, yeah, well, it's cool that we're pushing the meat party back uh, because now we can focus on this day. When's um, the meat party? Uh, we have it tentatively scheduled for March 19th. Yeah, full month. Now. Um, yeah. Spring break? Is after. that what that would be? No, spring break. I'm going to be gone for spring break. That starts the 7th. That week, the seventh to the whatever, the fourteenth, and then so it'll be that weekend. After that, um, we are looking. We didn't find quite the right location that we wanted to, but now that we pushed it back, there's a lot more opportunities oh, to get nice. the right place that we want to do, um, and we got some more money to make it a little bit cooler. So that's still in the works. Um, we'll see how that goes. That'll mm-hmm. be fun. Yeah. No, I I, I was. What I was getting to, alluding to, was talking to Mike. He was like, well, the race starts on the 19th. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck. That's okay. Yeah, I can make that. I can make that. I thought it'd be cool to, like, you know, fund funds permitting to, like, fly up to, you know, uh, Nome. Oh, yeah. And, and, or Kotzebue. Where was the finish? Gnome. Gnome. Yeah, and, we should get and, some and Patreon like, people to put in so we can go to Gnome. Yeah, fly <laughs> up there and cover that. That'd yeah, be kind of yeah. fun, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. just like... The end of the Iditarod? Uh, the Iron Dog. Oh, Iron Dog. Catch yeah. that. Either, either or both yeah, would be yeah. cool one day. I mean, you see it on the news every year as an Alaskan on the yeah. local news. It's like, you know, yeah. go check it out one time. Yeah. Go watch it. Yeah. Go see the whole... I've seen the start of it 35 times. Yeah. 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 Just over there slanging some reindeers through the the smoke, (laughs) (laughs) the smoke, the onions, the jalapenos. (laughs) Speaking of that and the Ferrani, they switched up a lot. I was looking it up because I was like, man, am I going to work this thing? Is it going to be worth it? Uh They moved a lot of like the cool big events. Like I didn't even see the running of the reindeer. I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, and they moved um, the other really big event was the uh, outhouse races, uh-huh. which was like massive, like even bigger than the actual sled dog races. Right. Um, they moved it down to Westchester Lagoon. Oh, they did, which is cool. I mean, uh-huh. bad for my business, but yeah. still cool. It's a yeah. really cool area and cool right. spot, and a lot of people can watch oh. down there and sell it and be out there for the whole day. It makes right. sense. Yeah. Um, wow. I I just wonder if it. It's because whatever it costs to like block off Fourth Avenue and what uh-huh. happens all there, I don't know. Right, I don't know the mm. details of that. I haven't talked to those folks over there, but um, if you're gonna go into those events, I'd definitely get on their website and check it out because I know they've moved some stuff around and some mm. stuff has been. Are they still doing the hockey tournament? They are. Yeah, yeah, they are still doing the hockey tournament. Do you know what weekend that is? Um. Yeah, that's the weekend before. That is, that is like the pond hockey classic or whatever. Uh, yeah. no, that's a different one. Oh, is it? That's the Gomez Foundation oh, yeah. one. We're yeah. talking about. Sometimes they're the same weekend though. Yeah, isn't there a big one in Big Lake too? Yeah, that's that's the, that's the, the Scotty Gomez. Gomez. Oh, that's the okay. Gomez Foundation. Um, 
me look it up real quick for Rondi. Here we go. Um, they are having the tournament, and I look because I was going to be here. So I'm here for, like, Rondi, and then the second weekend, that's, like, the first weekend of March, I'll be gone. Mm -hmm. um, and that is when they are doing the um, – Oh, Cornhole Championship? Is that new? No, they've had that. Oh. Um, the Snow Sculpture Auction for – Let's see if the hockey tournament, family skate. That cornhole championship's got to be fun. A talent competition, virtual. What? Mm. Miners and trappers. I've never been to that. See, oh, the outhouse. Oh, wait, wait, they have it here. Between E and F. Oh, yeah, see, it's Westchester in 2022. They moved it. Oh. Oh, they do have the running in the reindeer. Mm. That wasn't there a couple of days ago. March 3rd for the hockey. Saturday, March 5th. Dang. I'll be going for that one. Oh, here it is. World champ. Oh, world championship outdoor yeah. hockey tournament. March 3rd through the 6th. World of the world. The world. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be gone. Sorry, boys. Mm. Can't be in there this year. You have to yeah. do it without me. Yeah. It's like one of those tournaments that you'd, you'd never want to be first or second place because then you have to play on Sunday. You know, you're <laughs> yeah. kind of like done by the end of Saturday. You're like, yeah, yeah we're going to throw this one. Yeah. yeah. I feel like they should have like a Friday game and then you play like three on Saturday and just be done. Yeah. Like mm. two on Saturday and if you make it, the championship's at like eight. Or like have it over the whole time of Ferrande. So it's like, oh, you got a game like on Monday and Thursday the first week and then, you know, yeah. Tuesday and Wednesday the next oh, week and cool. then you're done, you know? Yeah. Like that would be more fun than, you know. Just one one hard push on a weekend and just destroy yourself. There's just always one team that just does, they just party way too hard and it ends up being a shit show against them. Yeah. yeah, we're not partying. back the 80s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's... Bed by there's, Hey, man, some yeah. people... They just party too hard. Take Ferrani to the next level. Yeah, they do. <laughs> there's always just people blasted, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the Ferrani's about the fur, man. <laughs> they just don't get that. <laughs> this actually has a purpose. Have you ever gone to the, uh, the actual, like, fur auction? I went when there winter before last for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, I was amazed. It's pretty cool. That's when I was like, ooh, I want a wolf. Yeah. The full wolf hat. Oh, with the thing? Yeah, with like the snout and the ears are like this high in the air. Like yeah. Just draped down like to the back of your legs. Mm. Just, <laughs> saw some people wearing some wild shit, black bears. I was like, whoa. Do you see the dude that has the beaver? That's like. Yeah, it's like. The bit, the tail is out like the cap. Oh, really? And then the top, the beaver's like up like that. Oh, that's <laughs> it's awesome. Like this tall, dude. Oh, it's really cool. It was actually amazing the um, the fur fans. It was a small group. Uh -huh. I, I don't know, maybe 200 people, mm -hmm. 300 people. I guess that'd probably be tops when I, we went that afternoon. But everybody got their furs out. Mm -hmm. Everybody got their grandma's fur that, like they 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 were given, you know, like yeah, you know, it was like old the Alaskan ladies. Jacket. Yeah, yeah. My grandma's got like five furs, man. They're just fucking badass. I'm pretty sure all my aunts will get one, you know. Um, I don't have any fur. Oh no, no. I'd, I'd like a hoodie, mm. a black bear hoodie. Wow, that'd be cool. Wow, yeah. that'd be really really cool. modernized. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, man, just soft. 
jet, jet black and shiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fucking cool. That's what I'd want. I think I would want beaver. Beaver hoodie. They're the so beaver hoodie. soft. Yeah, well, Thompson's, beaver. Thompson's got the beaver coat. Yeah, he does. Just locked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got the bear suit. I mean, oh, you got the bear suit. Yeah. It's not real fur, though. But you never see, <laughs> like, a hoodie. You know what I mean? No. No, no. Any no. kind of, it could be nice. beaver or yeah. whatever. Yeah. It could yeah. be any yeah. kind of bear. Yeah, it's kind of nice. hard to make or something. I don't see why not. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love a hat and some gloves. I like think that'd a, be pretty cool. Yeah, I'd like one of those seal uh, hats. Mm-hmm. I actually was like, well, what does this stuff cost? You know, maybe I'd be interested. <laughs> yeah, I was like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, no, never mind. No, I was like, like, bottom of the barrel, what I was looking for is $1,000. So I was like, Psh. and it just went up from there. Yeah. There was actually this really, like, okay, this young mind. kid, man, who had his little booth out there. Um, man, I wish I remember his name, but he was a young kid. He must have been like 24. Um, and he like trapped all these animals and he made them into cool things like nice. gloves and like cool hats. Yeah. Like a, like a cap, like a ball cap that was just like really, really cool. Uh-huh. And so that's kind of what got me the idea. And I was like, man, I should probably hit him up and be like, I oh. want a hoodie. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But I liked it. Like, I guess I'd have to get two black bears cause I want one for my house and then one for a hoodie. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. A lot of good, uh, bacon and, yeah, Blackberry breakfast sausage, man. Dude, we had some breakfast sausages last weekend. Mm-hmm. Man, it's so good, dude. It makes the most amazing biscuits and gravy, too. Nice. It's just real greasy. Who did oh. it for you? Uh, Indian Valley. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. Was, was that really a good. spring bear? Or a it was. Yeah. yeah. Or do you like the spring bear better than the blueberry I haven't, bear? I haven't had a fall one, oh, so okay. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to, like... I have yet to like successfully plan a legit fall black bear hunt. Yeah, I think you can come across one kind of with luck, like on a moose hunt or mm-hmm. a caribou hunt or a sheep hunt, yeah, and man, kill one. We've seen you a know? beautiful one. We should have on that float. Yeah. Oh, oh this really? year. Yeah, man. Beautiful. Well, why didn't you take but it? We were just coveted out. Oh, it was well, after. The yeah, we, dude. I no was, one felt like getting a skinning knife out no, or dealing no with No one felt anything. like climbing up half side of this mountain to go after i mean it's definitely doable it could have oh, done it oh, we pulled there, over yeah. we watched um there was no like like motivation. no one guy was like i'm going after him boys yeah no but it was after we had like went past the last spot we we're gonna camp and somebody was there so we we're just uh, so deflated yeah and we're like oh what are we gonna do just now full despair set in like yep. this hunts over almost kind and of i'm feel. already just donezo can't wait to get back to the truck yeah <clears throat> yeah well that was still like four days away Mm, are you done with uh, these float hunts or no 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 way um i'm not gonna do one this year but i think i'm gonna try to plan one for next year okay. again not that river though right no oh you're going new i'll probably mm-hmm. go a new one i'll cool, cool to fly in somewhere. Huh? yeah fly in off mm-hmm. the grid or um i want to do one that you fly out of oh. like you basically can drive to i need to talk to some of the uh, pilot buddies and see um and basically you can drive there and take a tributary into the into the river i want to float and then get picked up on a on a sand bank okay. somewhere yeah. like you know 90 mm-hmm. miles down or whatever and mm-hmm. then just fly back oh, to the cool. to the truck um, yeah there's one i've been wanting to do uh-huh. i'll tell you guys after where it is but um oh it's top secret well it's not really top <laughs> i'm secret, just kidding <laughs> 
Good. That's <laughs> not going to tell it to you know, in the world. Yeah, go to Patreon. Daniel's going to tell you the spot. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell it to the Patreon members. <laughs> but there's one I've been wanting to do, um, and I just we need to work it out. There's actually a few I want to do. Yeah. There's a few I really want to do. Um, that's fun. Yeah, we talked about to Chris about that Kobuck one. That one sounded pretty amazing. Yeah, that Kobuck is definitely one that's on my list. I definitely want to do like twelve days at least uh-huh. on that Kobuck. Yeah. Um, have you looked at that at uh-uh. all? Looked into that? Mm-mm. Yeah, it sounds really really nice. cool. I've talked to a couple of people. I had a um, teacher friend of mine who did it um, years ago, and another teacher friend of mine that did it as well. But they weren't hunting; they just like did it as a trip. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounded like you could sheep hunt in the beginning, mm-hmm. or moose hunt in the end. But you'd probably have to pick. Oh, okay. One or the other, so you can okay. spend the right amount of time in that area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, there's so many rivers that, and there's she fish in that. Yeah, got Cobra, it. Right? Yeah, yeah. grayling. Yeah, char. That'd be really awesome. Mm-hmm. Combo combo deal yeah you could probably eat a lot of fresh fish and while you were doing that i'd love to float hunt too man I, i've never done it really mm-hmm. um i've read some some of the coolest moose hunting books i've read were all float hunting mm-hmm. boat hunting float hunting moose hunts mm-hmm. yukon yeah based is kind of what I, I gather for the most part of it and um it's just something cool about it. Like I was supposed to go on that hunt with you guys this year, and didn't work out. But um, don't worry, pro- probably meant to be. I didn't didn't <laughs> miss much. Um, I mean, it was really really cool that you got to go with the Peters brothers and like do that whole thing. And it was it was two, it was two groups of brothers went hunting, which is fucking a cool story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it you was know? still a really really fun mm-hmm. time. What and better dudes to go with, right? Yeah, I mean, and just like, like any any hunting area. Um, that was only our second time on that river. Um, it's just not enough time to, I mean, when you're going 120 some miles, like it's going to take more than twice Mm -hmm. to learn like, all right, this is actually a really good spot to stop. This is a really good spot to stop. Um, I wouldn't count out going back to that one again. I definitely know what I would do different. Mm -hmm. I think that's part of it. You know, Mm -hmm. just like if you guys have been going to your same moose spot, like, you know, Yep. I'm going to go here every morning and I'm going to end here every night. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to waste my time over there. Yeah. You kind of know the logistics of, of sure. the area. Yeah. yeah. And the same thing with the river um, hunting. But I also like the allure of like something I've never done. Yeah. Mm, definitely. You know, and just like, you know, that who knows that what's around the next corner. so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And that trip that we did would actually be a really cool, just like group, like fun fishing mm-hmm. fishing trip kind of like okana style mm-hmm. be um, long you could do it quick you could do it faster oh okay because you can motor um once oh. you get to a certain spot mm-hmm. um you could definitely motor and you kind of and you know the the good camping spots by now right yeah yeah i mean there's endless oh, endless okay. good camping spots oh okay um but not Versus a good hunting. camping spot is not a good hunting spot yeah but if you're just camping fishing floating it would be epic oh it'd be amazing i definitely would love to do it with the family Mm. Uh, two families three Sounds families like an amazing amazing time how many nights would that be um you could do it pretty good in like uh a week you know what i'm saying yeah 
Yeah. Seven days total. Five five nights actually on the river, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 If long, you had a motor, long. if everyone had a little motor, mm. can you can cruise on out of there? Mm. Gets really twisty, turvy at the yeah, end there. Yeah. Really slow. There's a lot of slow punches, kind of like yeah. in the can at the yeah. end there. So you'd want to motor through that, but mm-hmm. you know, it'd be really fun to do in like July. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. depending on the level of the water. The fishing and it's got to be amazing i mean you yeah, see, there's probably you salmon see everything. and everything in there by then right you see everything out there what what's all in there there's grayling and mm-hmm. yeah there's grayling um what probably else white goes? fish probably yeah i'd have to look it up and see yeah do they get char in there mm, yeah i think grayling char i don't think there's tr- i don't know if there's trout in there no there's not there's no trout in there. Uh-oh. Um but there's gotta be some monster graylings in I there. Bet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm. That's just fun to do. I got Arctic Grayling, Northern Pike, She Fish and Salmon. Oh, okay. They have pike in there? Apparently. Oh. Probably fish in the river. But, like, they're coming out of other tributaries that are probably coming into it, so they're not, like, in the mm-hmm. river, like, yeah. living there in masses. They usually just use those as waterways and travel and Is there a big food. lake at top? Big lake? Yeah, to start, at the start? No. That's You're starting on, like, a tributary that goes into that, oh, into that okay. river. Okay. Um, mm. th- there isn't a big lake. Um, what was I just going to say? Oh. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I forgot. Forgot. Well, anyway, uh, wrap it up, huh, boys? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that was um, a nice casual conversation this time. Yeah, a little bit different for you guys that are, um, you know, content. Um, continue listening to us. We really appreciate you guys listening. Listening. Um, we got a lot of cool uh, guests coming up um, here in the future. Um, we still need to rebook Chugach Avi. We got Gideon Saunders with the surfing. Chris and Dory Yelverton with uh, Prince William Salt Company and all the cool stuff they do. That's next week, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay Liska and his legendary borderline northern border days. Um, some backcountry skier stuff with Brooke Edwards. The Jewel Lake Jamboree on the 12th. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely a fun time. Bring your family out there. Bring your kids. Bring yourself. They supply all the stuff if you don't have anything. You got the twins that weekend, Jack? <clears throat> nope. Mm. And I just, uh, they just stocked. I just got an email. Um, they just stocked, um, Jewel Lake, Sand Lake, the Long Lake, um, with like hundreds of really big trout. Oh, they had like nice. extra ones or something weird. Nice. Uh, the so they just, lit- they just literally like, st- and they're all like 12 to 14 inches. So pretty mm. good size. Oh, yeah. Trout. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, and then I, then I know that Dustin was saying they really stocked that thing up right before the, the, the Derby there. Oh, they do. Um, or the jamboree, I should say. Yeah, like the the day before. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what do they do? They like drill drill a hole. Yeah, they drill like forty holes. Uh huh. Um, and so that, and then they have a bunch fishing game brings a bunch of rods, and I know that the bait shack has a bunch of stuff, and Claudia Brothers is out there with their yeah. coffee truck, and it's just a free experience for people yeah. to come out there, and they supply. You just come out there, you don't need yeah. to bring anything. What's the fishing game do when they load during the winter? I mean. Um, what they cut a big did, square on the edge of the ice. Yes. 
Oh, how they, they do it? And, and they, they bring the truck and then. Yep. And just basically like a big tube and then just oh, okay. like yep. drain just all that in. into there. Cool. Yeah, that'd be cool to watch that. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. see that. We should try to see when they're going to do that. Oh, I know you're talking about um, getting that on video. Yeah. Um, that'd be really cool. Well, I was, I was, I know we're at some point scheduled to uh, connect with Dustin and get some of the logistics ironed out. I'm pretty sure he can probably shed some light on the information or who to contact and maybe time that out where we could go throw a camera on that process and, and see it. And I mean, I know I've seen it on the news and things like that, but yeah, you know, I'm getting excited, man. It's, I feel like springs around the corner. Yeah. I mean, I know it's still mm. January, but man, no. jamboree and the winter King and the, mm-hmm. well, you your, I did around we're talking iron dog. And then it's, you know, and then we have our whole slate with these amazing guests, and mm-hmm. and you know we have open slots. We're going to start plugging, plugging those holes with uh, with with you know more people, and uh, yeah, it's going to fly. And all of a sudden, you know, March, oh, April, and then <laughs> after year. April, man, it's done dealy. We're it's going into summertime. Yeah. Oh yeah. And we got out and actually for my first time last weekend, I went and. Punched a couple holes with Daniel and Mateo and uh-huh. got the ice fishing. Where'd you guys go? Yeah, oh, just went man. to Finger Lake. It was popping, dude. Nice. Oh, did you guys finalize the science project? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Got any st- statistics or um, something you can share real quick? Um, not offhand. I'd have well, to look you want to explain to Jack what? Oh, I know what the science project is. Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah, with the different lures. and Yeah, for the listeners, the goal was to basically find what was the best lure or bait that is best on the majority of the lakes. Mm -hmm. Um, Our goal was actually to hit 10 um, different lakes. And this is your science project as an adult? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Daniel was definitely keeping that project in alive life. yeah <laughs> get up boy. 11 year old we go to like, i'm fishing i don't know what you're doing mateo but. get up we gotta do science <laughs> <laughs> it was actually his idea yep. um and so we ended up hitting six different lakes um there was that cold spell was just crazy mm. and then they got we all got covid and right, ruined right. a bunch of stuff um but uh yeah the science fair is next week they're at aquarian um next week and it, we'll do the judging and, yeah, and see yeah. how it goes and maybe i'll bring the board in over here when yeah when, cool. uh, oh that'd be fun yeah, yeah when we get done because all the, the little facts and all the stuff's on there um yeah, you did a good job it was, awesome. it was fun we slayed we slayed last weekend man uh-huh. i must have caught like 50 yeah. fish i'm probably. gonna go again this weekend what was it just those landlocked yeah then we landlockers. got a trout yeah one rainbow we got yeah. like a i don't know 13 inches or something yeah. 12 13 inch rainbow we caught 32 that day oh wow you guys okay. did slam yeah you, was, you were on the you had the phone you were just like tick, 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 oh, well, i was taking all the data down uh-huh. like what was catching <laughs> yeah. what you know oh, what I'm yeah, saying? yeah yeah and the funny thing about the whole deal was like at the very end after brandon left um i heated up a a, a cup of noodle oh yeah for mateo and uh he's like i wonder if they get something with this corn because he didn't want to eat the corn yeah, from the yeah. oh, he doesn't like the corn yeah <laughs> so he put the corn on the hook and he got the biggest fish of the day oh nice <laughs> with the kernel <laughs> of corn yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's like this is actually really good because they bite it and you get it and the corn's still there it doesn't like melt away like the yeah, shrimp yeah, or some yeah, of the yeah. other stuff like that does yep but it was popping man there was like 50 f- at least oh tense people Fisher, just oh, really? people oh, fishing out there all over it was a beautiful day and um we need to go i need Way to mattel cool. got a uh, drone for his birthday uh-huh. if 
from grandpa so we need to get some cool drone shot we need to bring oh, that actually to the jamboree and do oh, some cool stuff sure. with that mm-hmm. yeah so it was a cool science uh science deal it was nice it was a nice outing i was thinking be nice to get the whole crew and all the kids out again yeah. like kind of what we did last year and get some food and firewood and the whole thing mm-hmm. yeah but last weekend would have been awesome for that oh, it was I like 28 degrees yeah, yeah. no wind at all fresh like four inches of snow on the yeah. lake this you weekend might be nice wherever. too it's supposed oh, it to be will, like 30s it will be. Mm-hmm. um we'll probably shoot out it. there i'm gonna go sunday i'll yeah, shoot out the message for who wants to come out there i know it's, mm-hmm. it's ski, heavy ski season and stuff too but last mm-hmm. sunday i had the the twins did the fir- their first tram ride to the top so oh, oh really yeah they're punishing alaska now so wow it's, it's going good that's got to be a dad's dream right yeah yeah so they can ski with me now so tomorrow we're going back down there tomorrow's friday yeah tomorrow, yeah tomorrow after work go down there and get three more days in and yeah that's been pretty fun that's awesome yeah, that's cool it's great love that you're it. able to get after it and do something that you passionately love now with your children. Yeah, they like to do it, too. <laughs> they yeah. do like ice fishing, though, so, they ask so to little. go. Well, it's fun when we all have our kids out there because yeah. then they're like, fish for five minutes, play with the kids yeah. for the rest of the time, and then that's what yeah. it's about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I need to get them out with you guys. Yeah. I haven't seen them since year. about that time. Since we went ice fishing last year? Yeah. I mean, Damn. springish, maybe. Yeah. I haven't seen them since then. So The Long Lake. Yeah. yeah, I was hoping to see him this summer, but things just never really lined yeah. up for everybody, and such is life in Alaska summertime. But that's all yep. right. That's yeah. how it goes. Yeah. Get together and hit the ice here soon. Yeah. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you. Thanks everybody for your support. Um, we really appreciate it. Um, visit the website. Stop by Barney's and uh, get yourself some of that merch. Ooh, we got the new um, merch that came in too, bro. Yep. Oh yeah, the new merch just, just came off the dock today, Jackie. Yep, we got some new hoodies, uh, new hats, um, things like route. that. They're in route. They're in route. route. Um, we'll let you keep you updated on that if it's going to be on the website or at Barney's. Um, probably a mix of both. Thanks um, to our uh, new sponsors. We'll uh, we'll crack the. Crack the news on all them folks here yep. in the podcast to come, but we've got a lot of really great local companies and businesses that have stepped up and and want to support us. And um, thanks to them, thanks to them, and we'll get their uh, get their love out here real quick. Yep, yep. Appreciate you guys. Thank you, Alaska. Stay wild. You remember my speaking to you of what I call your overcautiousness. Are you not overcautious? When you assume that you cannot do what the enemy is constantly doing? The Alaska Wild Project podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. Tailored Restoration 24-Hour Emergency Home Services. Helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Looking to buy or sell a home? Look no further than Alaska's number one real estate team at alaskashometeam.com. Decades of local experience, knowledge, and expertise in a competitive real estate market. Alaska's home team makes buying or selling your home a breeze. Give them a call today at 907-277-3777. Lady with the plan, your own Alaska event planner. From scouting the perfect location to planning the tiniest details. Specializing in event management and production for intimate social gatherings, retreats, birthdays, bridal, and baby showers. Find Lady with the Plan on Instagram. The Bait Shack. 
located on Ship Creek upstream of the bridge. Can't miss the bright red shack. They're the go-to fishing gear rental and guide service on Ship Creek. Tight lines and fish on. Come hook into the action with them. Hit them up at thebaitshackak.com. Double Shovel Cider Company, located off of Arctic and 58th, handcrafted Alaskan-made colonial ciders. They also have a tap room downtown on the corner of 5th and E. Stop by today and taste an award-winning cider. AKO Farms, located in Sitka, Alaska. Built from the ground up with concentrates as their single motivation. Find their products, such as their sugar wax, full-spectrum diamond sauce carts, and more at the Treehouse AK and other dispensaries around the state. Ask your local bud tender about AKO. TheTreehouseAK.com, located at 341 Boniface Parkway, Alaska's own and grown cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bud tender what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under the influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For the use of only by adults 21 and older. Keep out of the reach of children and marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. Serrano's Mexican Grill, two locations, one on Tudor, one on Northern Lights. The Northern Lights location has their new tequila bar. Check it out. Also see their daily specials at serranosmexicangrill.com. Lawn Pro AK, Alaska's year-round professional property maintenance team. Services include snow and ice management, weekly lawn care, and more. Get your free estimate today at lawnproak.com. I say try if we never try, we shall never succeed. This proposition is a simple truth, and it's too important to be lost sight of for a moment. If we cannot beat the enemy where he now is, we never can. It is all easy if our troops march as well as the enemy, and it is unmanly to say they cannot do it.